Hello everyone, we are very much on time and very happy to see you all. Hope you are well on this Friday, the uh, 2nd of September. Yes, it is the 2nd of September. Today we're going to be doing a... It's going to be a humongous task. Will we finish before my tattoo consult at 7pm? Who the hell knows? We will find out. Dinner. I got made dinner. <laughs> I have to go watch Rings of Power, so. Oh, yeah. Rings of Power. I'm busy. I'm gonna go over to my friend's house and watch it, so I got something to do at six. So, so these lot, these lot are the ones who wanted to go through the story. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying, you want um, us to do this, and I'm, I'm prepared. Boots no longer gets to talk on this podcast. It's true. I understand. Wait, why? <laughs> what didn't happen? Boots got interrupted like seven times. <laughs> So I mean, we're just, just like you boots. playing in we're... PvP against the Spellbreaker. Just interrupted, interrupted, interrupted. We're just paying Boots back for all the other times. <laughs> I've never done it before. You've never done it. Fake. <laughs> what did you what get? What saying? did you say? Yeah. It's not. Oh, I sorry. I was just. I was just saying hi, and I. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Are you cooking dinner tonight? That seemed to be what you were going to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll cook dinner tonight. I think it's either going to be a, a Thai noodle salad, or I'm going to make like a cabbage soup. That sounds good. That sounds yeah. tasty. Because I already made my go-to uh, miso glazed salmon earlier in the week, so I can't do that again. Oh, yeah. You should have been on that cooking stream with us. Where were you? True. I'm pretty what damn good the... at cooking, let me tell you. Um, but it, uh, the issue you. is that I'm just not as. Um, uh, you know, photogenically beautiful on camera oh, as you think. No, incorrect. Neither am I, and that never stops me. <laughs> okay, incorrect <laughs> to both of you. You just you have, have to have some delusions. Really good faces. No, 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 no. Are we really talking about looks right now? Come on, man. Let's wow. not, not go there, people. Wait, when I bring up my looks, Jebro, why do you say let's change the subject? Because. <laughs> <laughs> Is, Why do uh, I say? Because your looks it, don't matter. Your talent does. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Okay. I meant no, it doesn't matter. I am, I am nipping this in the bud. We are all hot. I'm putting it out there. We are all hot, hot, hot. Jebro, take this away. End a dragon story. Thank We're on limited much. time. We got to do about that. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and whispers, true. Hello, everyone in chat. How are you doing today? I hope you're well. Today we're going to talk about End of Dragon's story. Uh, it's going to be a big one because there's a lot of story and it takes a long time to do. Uh, and if you're me, you're going to be up till 4 a.m. in the morning writing notes because you forgot everything. So <laughs> it's like, I remember everything now. Well, mostly. Might need some help here and there. We talked about the story a little bit. Kruf is very happy about this. <laughs> I'm just going to know. I love the story. <laughs> so good how could you not be happy about this it's so good i am no 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 i am happy it's just that i'm very tired (laughs) we're all tired tired are you i listened to crew for many hours which was very good and you were hyped me up and then i was watching all the videos and i was like it's 10 past three and i finished streaming at 12 a.m and i'm like i told you to skip through them no 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 (laughs) but it was good but you you edited so if you've not seen crew's videos so Kruf has made four videos, which last for about 47 to 49 minutes. And they... It's not just commentary, but, like, you don't talk all the time. You're like, stop to hear the thing. So it's like you're literally playing it, and there's no overlay, there's nothing, which is perfect, because I'm going to show a lot of it. 
and yeah. in, in and I was like, you talked at the bits, and I was like, oh, your like enjoyment was when I definitely enjoyed it, and I you will all probably if I do play audio, you'll all probably get that as well, uh, and you'll feel it. But like, it was just cool. I was just like, and reliving it, and like towards the end, I was like, oh damn, I was getting the feels from like almost playing it again. I was just like, this this was really good, and it was really special, and it was probably the it's probably the best damn story in the game. It probably it literally maybe the best story um but we'll we'll talk about that first of all i'm gonna skip interest today <laughs> i'm gonna Damn. skip them well, <laughs> because uh, y'all know us you do you really do right now uh if you don't description below rookery crew and boots all stream boots doesn't stream as much not the anymore others who do. i think i got I, I have to cut down on my streaming a little i got stuff i gotta do Oh, I'm streaming like, like once. You don't know. Yeah, I think I might do once a week, maybe now instead of twice. That's a week. still good. That's so good. What? That's yeah, great. We'll, we'll you gotta do what works for you. I mean, honestly, yeah. I think that the mentality that you have to stream every single day on Twitch is something that has shifted a lot over time. And I, I mean, I don't do that. I think a lot of people diversify and stream in other places, and some people do every day, and that's fine too. But yeah. That's fair. That's true. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, yes, Rookery does have some Let's Plays as well. Did you get to... Did you release them? No, actually, two more coming out. Uh, we... so <sighs> tough because we had, <laughs> we had Endwalker and End of Dragons come out simultaneously. So oh. I have been... Endwalker came out a handful of months before End of Dragons, so we are finally just almost through uploading all of that. But I usually do a video to two videos a week on my YouTube, if we can. And good job on the Endwalker stuff. I haven't been okay. watched for the sake of the spoilers, but I've been seeing all of them, and I'm like, ooh, they're doing... Good job, good job. Oh, thanks. Uh, you too. I love watching all your videos. You guys some good playthroughs. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you think about all of the stuff. Have you been recording all of your 14 playthroughs? I've been saving the 14 okay. playthroughs on, on stream, okay. so I'll do something with it, maybe. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Story playthroughs are great. Check them. Check them out. <laughs> I love story. Um, I like recording Speaking it and putting it on YouTube and stream and stuff because it's just Segway. there so I can watch it. Yeah, segue. Segue. Okay, so we have... Ba-ba-ba-ba. And the dragons, which starts with specifically, we get like a letter and we're starting off in the place and the things I have the north and we're like, oh, hello, we got to go to this place because Gorik is potentially going to meet their friend called Anka. Or we're going back to the beginning of the story. Oh, I mean, we have to. When the last time we did this was like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, but I that, you know, you'll have the everybody will just go back to check the last time we talked about the story and then re listen to that episode. And then just... no, they definitely well, will. This is our one big <laughs> sit down story time. Yes. Here we go. Okay, we're doing it the really whole is. happening. We're, we're doing the. I told you, we're doing the whole damn thing. It. Is chat ready? I think I, I think we need some energy, which? emo energy in the chat. So when uh, you say Anka, which Anka are you talking about? The... Because in Siren's Landing, there is another Anka. I thought you were going to take this as an opportunity to do like an Anka or an Ah. 
Anka. Okay, you mean uh, okay, sorry, you mean Anka. Anka. <laughs> All right, not Skalaranka. You mean Anka. Okay, Skalaranka. Is that like a golden eye boss or something? <laughs> sorry. I'm really Scaramanka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mates. No, I just remembered. I was like, damn, not everyone's going to get this. Uh, Hopefully someone man does. Man with a golden gun, wasn't that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. The man with the golden gun. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> You've not seen the man with the golden gun? And then he became a James Bond press secretary. I, I think okay. so. Anyway, right, it was so very good. Uh, <laughs> story. <laughs> so Anka, Jabro, weave oh, this boy. tale. Take us through your, your journey and your notes. Oh, God. Um, okay. I'm just going to show some of the footage in the background. If people's faces aren't in the right place, I'm very sorry. Um, let me just adjust this for now because I feel bad. Oh, I know that thing. You That's know that machine. thing? Well, the, that time that we were in Lion's Arch with a giant thing. I can't actually look at my notes yeah. without um, having a bit of trouble here. I just realized because uh, I'm on both my monitors and it's showing the video oh. for the other one. So I'm kind of in a bit of trouble here. It's <laughs> but anyway, okay, I remember you. the party. I remember the party. Yeah. I remember the whole thing anyway. Okay, so... You go and chase Anka, or you go to meet Anka with Gorik. Um, and then you finally realize that Anka is probably not there to have a little bit of a catch-up. And Anka kind of kidnaps Gorik and buggers off. Uh, then you pretty much chase them. And you are, are kind of on this wild ride between all the different Aetherblade airships and your jumping around and using, like, all these control action things, which was very dodgy at times, <laughs> and a little bit confusing. Uh, and you probably didn't get the achievement like me, and you were sad. And then, all of a sudden, like, Aureen was, shows up. Wait, sorry. That was, like, the complete opposite of my experience. Yeah, I had a good time on that one. Oh, you really? I, oh, it bugged the hell out for me so hard. It was, oh. it was slightly buggy for me at the start. Yeah. But... Oh, it got better. I was lucky. Mine didn't bug at all. I was, like ridiculously captivated by this opening i mean it's one of the things that guild wars 2 does so well it is never just a sit down story time game right you are part of the story and the yes. story has a driving action and this like we've seen them in the past do stuff like airship battles or things like that but this was actually one of the sequences that personally maybe it's because of my own experience in the game at this point i don't know i was also very lucky to not have a, any bugs or any issues right but um it was so fun. It was so intuitive. I mean, I was racing through it and the way that they do these dynamic moments and how everything was kind of composed so you could see up and across and you could hear the dialogue being, you know, yelled and like, you know, you're trying to race to try and save him. And then like you were saying, Orin sweeping in and around because you have a companion who's capable of flight. And it was one of those things where it was just such a right off the bat, like, here's the expansion. It's going to be heart pounding. There's going to be so much fun stuff. And this kind of like sky pirate ship jumping. It was so, so exciting. I loved this start. I was just like completely thrilled by it. And not only ship jumping, ship jumping through the mists. These ships were traveling through the mists in order to get to uh, what we find out to be Cantha. Uh, and so, yeah, that was pretty cool. 
This was probably oh. one of the most cinematic openings uh, from the other expansions. Heart of Thorns no. was a little slow and kind of mysterious, which I also enjoyed. Path of Fire <clears throat> had a little bit of a of a moment with like the pyramids falling that. and then the herald yeah. of Balthazar being there. But this one was such a way to kick off an expansion. So cinematic, so many things happening to maybe almost a little overwhelming, but it was kind of trying to to draw that that energy out. So I think they did really wonderful. Yes, and there was the reminder in the chat about, I think, one of my favorite lines in the opening, when you're going through, and they did this quite a few times, even in Icebird Saga, how other people perceive Orene versus how you do, and, like, the special relationship and understanding that you have with her, and the fact that, like, you know, very few others have had such a close connection to any of the dragons to be able to understand them as, like, a thinking individual, right? Um, or, you know, some of the dragons, many, all the dragons, as far as we know, we met at a time where... That's not really, you know, reasoning with them was not really something that the people of Tyria could do. Um, and that line in this opening with them, like, yelling about her, and then Orin says, like, they think I'm your pet. <laughs> it was really yeah. funny. I was like, this is so Mother. good. Her self-awareness, she... it was just fun. She was right for that. I enjoyed that. I was like, ooh, Orin has character. Yay! <laughs> I was like, finally! People did mention at the beginning that, yes, we did speak about, and um, Orin was there. I'm not just skipping over every single part, but to, to get this in one podcast, I'm going to have to skip some bits here and there. So if I do miss some bits of the story and we don't talk about it, it's not because I don't want to, it's because there are some bits we're just going to have to. And like, it, you were talking to Orin, I think Orin said, mentioned parts about saying she couldn't see, they couldn't see you past a certain point in time because, you know, there was things blocking, you know, future things, magic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there was no warning about what was kind of going to happen. <laughs> Scion and champion. Oh. Um, so then Aureen gets sucked. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Aureen gets the Thank you so much. Um, so, so I'll, give, I'll deliver it a little bit better. I hope no one in the arena there, devs, are watching those in the morning. What do just you like... mean? That was a very... <laughs> it was definitely what happened. I mean, it is what I mean, happened, and also we have said far worse than that on this podcast. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's true. Okay, so you get, after you've done the jumping puzzle bit, and this is it. This is where, yeah, they use their weapon, the Aether Blades use their weapon on Aureen, and they try to steal their magic, basically. Aureen goes crashing into the sea... We, well, to somewhere, maybe through the mists to Canva. And so do we. Uh, and we can't drive an airship, is another thing we found out. <laughs> and we're not very good at that. That's not something we can do. Uh, and unfortunately, we also crash into Canva, which is, you know, thank God, because, you know, it could have been anywhere. But so w what about that bit? How did you feel about Irene getting kind of attacked, uh, crashing, and then finding out we're kind of in Canva and, and in jail? Or, actually, more importantly, being woken up by Rama on the beach. I think it was a... It was a... <clears throat> excuse me. It's very hot and humid. Um, it's kind <laughs> of a, a necessity for the story. Because Aureen is such a powerful character. For her mm -hmm. to navigate and exist within the story at full power at all times could present some problems. So I think it was smart to take away her her magic in the beginning so that we kind of go on this journey of recovering it. And through that, which we'll get to, we start to learn more about the magic and more about the dragons itself. So it was a good uh, point of conflict and a good obstacle that we have to overcome. Yeah. But at first I was like, is she dead? I was like, did they kill her again? Wow. 
Yeah, it was pretty necessary, you're right, to have her depowered so that we, you know, we didn't have just like the fl switch we could flip every time something bad happens to come save us through a lot yeah. of the story. Um, I have a question though. What happened to the energy that got sucked? It was stored inside the the siphon thing. Right, and then what were what was the weapon kind of, okay, yeah, yeah, to destroy things mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, and they, like, compile a bunch of energy. And... Oh, and then she used it in the... Right, okay. We're yes. going to get to that mm -hmm. point. Yes, Got we'll it. get there. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think this was a necessity, and it, previously, way back a hundred thousand years ago when we first talked about this on the podcast, um, I had mentioned, too, <laughs> that I really liked... this so long ago that none of us can remember. Um, I had mentioned that I really liked... Maps. Right. In this, well, in the sequence that they, um, as you crash and then you wake up, you see yourself like dragging, like dragging yourself up, and you know Rama finding you in those perspectives. And I always love it, especially in MMOs or in games when um, they let you see your character, like mm. in you know your armor, your yeah. look, your face. Because um, it is something that's a little bit difficult in MMOs, and most MMOs are not voiced. Like, the main protagonists aren't voiced, or they're very limited voicing. Or And in Guild Wars 2, it's a totally different situation. So it feels much more accessible to have those moments with the commander. And I love that they put this tech in where you can actually see yourself, and then you wake up. And it, in a sense, felt very much as well to me kind of like an Elder Scrolls game, because so often yeah. in those games, you're starting out in a place of disempowerment, like in a prison, or, you know, cr like crossing <laughs> yeah. the border as a prisoner. And I had this great sense, this nostalgic sense of like, Ah, here's a new journey. We are in a land where our reputation may precede us in some ways, but in which many of these people will not, um, you know, either know the full scope of it or like we're in a land that's not our own, you know? And so for us to be tossed into a jail, just like whoever, I love that. Like, I think it's a really fun way to kind of start out and give you this sense that like, yes, we are in a different place and a place that's been removed for so long and we're about to take um, our own different adventure here that's kind of secluded away, but obviously connects to everything else too. But And then we're stuck in a cell with Gorik. And uh, I think Gorik's character really shines when you're yeah. forced to listen to him. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter if you want to or not, you're like, okay. Yeah. That's like a good one line that's in this story. Uh, but it was really fun, actually. I, I um, The first time I played through the 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 cell thing i didn't realize that you could break out and so i was yeah. like hey goric goric yes yeah. okay <laughs> that's enough do i have to slap you or something let's go yeah. do i have to and then you start <laughs> looking around because you're actively like okay so it's been going on for way too long i must have to do something yeah. and then you realize like oh you don't actually have to but it's just that natural instinct where you're like i've had enough we need to start looking for a way out and then event like Going and working through the achievements, you can start to realize how to break out of there earlier. Mm -hmm. This is so clever, though, because Guild Wars 2, again, in its story, does something different than a lot of other games, which is that, I mean, the core game itself technically has different paths, even if they culminate in the same place, right? You have these different origins, you have different playable things, different quests you might even select to pursue or not. 
And there's always this question in MMOs, how do we give a sense of player agency or even a sense of replayability um, in a game where we have all this content, uh, even though we know the story itself has to largely be linear because of just how all of this works, right? Like you can't have a fully fledged, at least yet, multi-choice RPG where everybody's being able to make these wildly divergent choices and have this wildly different experience. But Guild Wars 2 still gives us agency in moments. And this is so fun because I had the same journey. I was like trying to get out and I thought, oh, maybe there is some way that I can find, but like maybe it will, um, I don't know, it won't let me proceed until I figure out what it's supposed to be. So I'm like clicking stuff. And then I got distracted because Gorik was just going. And it's so funny because like the foil is perfection you have this babbling little asura who's just sharing every single thought in his mind and it's very accurate to his character and other traits we know about him and he's spiraling in this like but then i'll have to become i guess i'm gonna have to adjust to life in prison <laughs> and it was so good and i got so distracted i just stood there listening to him and then finally we were released and it was only later that I, I also found out about all the iterations and different ways that you can get out or what you can do to interact. And I think that's such a delightful little reason to even make you want to go back to that moment. Um, both the writing delivery and the actual mechanics are fun and give you a sense of, I mean, choosing your own adventure, even though it's going to lead you to the same place. Yeah, so I think there's like three options uh, as to what happens when Rama gets there. There's you've gotten out way too early and Rama's just like, oh. You've you've gotten out too early, and then there's. Uh, well, he doesn't say that. Is that exactly. what he says? Obviously, he, I exactly I what he says. But my, I think my favorite is the middle oh, one. You got out too like, early. Where you're opening the door as he's approaching, and he's like, okay. "Oh, well, this is awkward." I don't know if I did that. Yeah, that. Yeah. And then, yeah, but speaking of Rama, this is where we first meet Rama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, the, uh, the first time his he tells you his name. That's another thing I loved about it is his he's the big hatted man until he tells you what his name is, and then his name plate changes to Rama. Yeah. Yes, it's so good. It's so good. And as chat has already preemptively said, the as you step out and you get these like first dialogue bits there that reveal the pan across that gorgeous harbor, the welcome to Cantha. It's Oh, oh my gosh, I teared up. I was so like, it just hit so powerfully, whether or not you played Guild Wars 1. Such an incredible way to lay an expansion in front of you, to have that cinematic title screen. Mm, so I want them to retroactively go back and implement that into Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire. Yeah, it was so, it was so unexpected that when it happened, I, re I think I remember I was just like, <gasps> and you I get this sense of chill, feeling. like it's finally starting like yes, the thing that we've been you, waiting you for did. you're like you were i think i uh, got that feeling before the first time i got that feeling was with the core game with the original loading screen with the original sign-in screen with the, yes da, with the da, 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 da. Yeah, and cool. then i think this is the first time i had that feeling since uh for an opening sequence there yeah it also felt in the moment like such an assertion of confidence, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In a way to say, like, here it is, here is the expansion. And 
I think I knew in that moment, like there are moments in, especially MMOs, where we play so closely and we may even come to know some of the dev team or we might, um, you know, at least know their personalities or people behind the game. And every now and then there are these moments where either they directly kind of break the fourth wall or you get a more kind of sidelong kind of thing. And in this moment, that's how I felt. It felt very much like we are proud of this. It was mm -hmm. worth the wait. We like are ready for a new era. This is end of dragons. This is the finale of 10 years of story and, you know, the dawn of a new day in many ways in this game. And I loved that. I loved that. You could feel it. It was very cool. Well, the thing, the thing that I found funny, which is now being paused on the screen right now, <laughs> you'll find out. Is that it's just, just before, just before <laughs> the emotional, and yeah. very, very impactful scene happens. Kruf is just absolutely losing their shit <laughs> over, the, over the Kestrel, and I'm just like, yes, <laughs> like, that's one of the things I think I remember doing. But you zoomed in and everything. Like you did a specific edit there. <laughs> I, I had to highlight it. I, I, remember, I was like going back. I was like, it's such a great moment. But I was like, oh, <gasps> Fluffy Tango. I was like, and then happens, it, was just, it was so great. It happens so much during your playthrough as well. There's a Kestrel that's just like, sorry, 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 really heavy. And then random Tango. I'm like, <laughs> there's the repair guy. Oh my God, he's amazing. Well, no, that was good. I mean, like, that no, was the moment I, mean, I, I think... <laughs> I think all of us did because I did the exact uh, same. I get completely sidetracked by the <laughs> by the Tengu nonstop. So I could good. not get over this guy's tiny hat. I just I just love. I kind of want to go back. I have not rewatched my playthrough, but playing Something. End of Dragons now, I've like it's become normalized seeing so many variations of Tengu. But I remember like it was such a statement. And it was such a big thing that we were getting new variations of Tengu, and I was yeah. like, ah. Back in the good old days of like that that fresh excitement for for new things. Yeah, I, I mean you're, never gonna, you're not going to beat that initial yeah that initialness, but you can still you can still appreciate it a different way. And when you rewatch things, you just notice extra little things because you're not just always like ah oh yeah there's a thing there. Like you know it's uh yeah I get it. But this yeah. was very awesome, and this is like. Very, very early still, and I'm very aware of that. Um. <laughs> my, my issue with this particular scene, though, is that oh, I could see over the railing to the Alice, uh, the the island, the Xingjie Island, uh, Seitang Province. Uh -huh. I wanted to look at everything, take everything in, just at the beauty of the island. But people kept on talking, <laughs> and it was important things that they were saying, and I couldn't pay attention because I had to see everything. <laughs> And that, yeah, anyway, there we go. Yeah, that's so sorry, boots. Yeah. Yeah, it's stunning. I mean, this <laughs> so genuine, that group. <laughs> you, had mean, to say, you felt you had to say something. That's okay. That's okay. What? I thought what you said was totally accurate. No, I mean, no, 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 no. It was the way Crew said it. It was just funny. It doesn't oh. matter. <laughs> no, I mean, Boots, I agree with you. I was so captivated. It took me a second to even realize that the dialogue had continued on and that I was not paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the set pieces in End of Dragons are beyond stunning. Like yeah. some of the most gorgeous zones and maps I've ever seen in MMO. And I mean, this is not uncommon to Guild Wars 2, but when you like really look at almost any other game and then you wander around the map and you look at how big it is and the different kinds of little areas and vignettes and moments and spots, and then you look at something like a single map in End of Dragons and the sheer 
spectrum of these maps, like the verticality, all of the stuff, all of the things, every piece of detail, the like, there's just so much. It's actually mind-blowing. And with the Tengu as well, I mean, that additional, like the additional Tengu models, I mean, yes, chat, I'm with you. I would still love to see Tengu be added as a playable race. Of course, I'm not going to like hold it against ArenaNet if they never do this, but the design of these yeah. bird people are so good. They are so unique. And I think there's a reason we were all delighted by them because I have not seen any race like this in pretty much any other MMO that I play. There might be like, I guess, some kind of little bird creature or something, right? But I've never seen a, 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 an avian race that has this many diverse types of birds represented. Oh, and I love their models. They're so good. Remind me of like the Khajiit or something. The Khajiit are kind of like that in ESO. You've got the different Khajiit. So you've got the smaller cat style, then you've got the giant, giant Khajiit, and then you've got the yeah, kind of humanoid Khajiit. Uh, oh, no, that's true. I mean, well, well no, one, one is. One, one is. of the variations one is, is playable. One is. But the, you didn't find out about them until, like, you know, elsewhere, which is later. But, like, but, but yeah, nothing. But, oh, yeah. Mm. We won't talk about playable races. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that one day. We'll, we'll have a podcast <laughs> with that. But Studio. another great aspect of this beginning um, instance is the first introduction to kind of a sneaky, slithery, shady character, uh, Minister <laughs> Lee. Yeah, my notes say bit of a wanker. <laughs> Just That's in case. also a very good way of putting it. Very um, <laughs> blunt. <laughs> I was, I was but, right. You should definitely write. I'll, I might even put the show notes in the description because <laughs> I'm reading them back and I'm like, wow, I can't spell Gorik, clearly. <laughs> rough times. Yeah, the certain names are sometimes a bit difficult, times. but I think um, this introduction, I mean, at first you kind of get a sense of, you don't. I, at least I didn't know how to feel about Minister Lee. I was like, okay, like, yeah, you would be perhaps a little, if you're in that position of like maintaining the order and the safety of everyone, you'd be a little concerned about anyone coming in. You'd be like, okay, what's this? What's going on? But then there's also other sides of him where you're like, oh, you're clearly kind of like that, that antagonistic character, especially when uh, juxtaposed with Rama. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, are they father and son or something? I, I started to like really question. I was like, what's their dynamic? It seems that there's more to it. Um, but I think it was smart to well, just like at least introduce him at this beginning without being yeah. like obvious big bad. Wasn't it like kind of there's different ways you could go with that because the big the baddie could the bad or the you know the authoritarian character or like detective police chief or whatever can be really hard and then they can soften over the course of the story or yeah. they could just be an asshole <laughs> like, you know and they're literally yeah. just awful. And then yeah, you no, can at, at first you, you can have all these different things. It's a slow play into it. Like at first you're just like okay, no, he's doing his job properly. Uh, but maybe he's a little xenophobic. Um, and then, no, as you as you go further, you're like, oh, no, he's he's quite racist. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting, though, because Minister Lee was one of those characters where I think with the second replay, I really appreciate the subtlety that they put in there. Because I read it initially as just everybody in Cantha has had their borders closed for a really long time. And we know they have this history of the Ministry of Purity and all this kind of stuff. And so people probably are very opposed to outsiders and change and or this conflict making it to their shores. So I didn't really pick up on that. And then later, as things develop with Lee, I went, 
Oh, yeah, I get. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I wish we had had a little bit more to kind of like mm. support and flesh out that arc or like have more of a reveal leading up into like if you're going around with Rama and you're detecting and yeah, you're like even, putting pieces together and like. It's but, a good point. Because yeah. even yeah. even in that part where you went at the elevator. You're like not entirely sure he's really that bad of a guy yet. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, it's like... I like that, though. We'll get there. I mean, yeah. We'll get I mean, it's, it's interesting because in many ways, right, there is a discussion here as well about the fact that, like... I mean, let's just be real. Fantasy racism and racism, they both are real things. Like, fantasy yes. racism is its own thing, but it's a reflection of a real-world issue, right? And that mm -hmm. this idea that not everybody who is, you know, deeply prejudiced and or racist or xenophobic um you know is obviously or overtly a terrible human being is a good statement and something good to examine um you know so i i like now going back and seeing some of these little tip-offs in his character mm. that we don't really notice the first time you go through i still think yes i'd like to have seen like a little bit more of a discovery with him but i think there is a lot of stuff in there that i even missed the first time so some of the tip-offs that i found uh that that kind of led me towards it before the elevator scene was uh, actually not in dialogue you necessarily pick up from the main characters, but in the news reporting little things uh, around the world, like those little uh, oh, yeah. things. So as I was going around, at least one time, uh, one of the news articles was something along the lines of uh, the ministry is cutting, uh, is like cracking down on this and that. And it was like, Essentially, you know, uh, casting people who aren't bad people into a bad light, and you know, basically against Antifa, I guess is the is the is the thing. Uh, so yeah, it was very fascist behavior of of the ministry at that point, and it was like, oh, I see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was also a great tool for the narrative that they introduced. Like while you're playing, you're also getting lore from what is currently going on in the story. Mm. But yeah, that was just like a side thing that they did, but I actually really appreciate that. Well, the audio boxes were really important. Like the Anchor stuff, the Aetherblade stuff mm. was really important. Um, okay, we're, I'm going to shift it on a little bit because we're going to get stuck. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so... We've met Lee, et cetera, et cetera. And then we, what we do is, this is the next major bit, really. We end up going to see Aurene in the Crystal Cave and... I'm not going to say why right there. Irene is in a bit, is in a bit of trouble. <laughs> in my nose. <laughs> and it's like, it's true. Got a little bit spicy in describing yeah. <laughs> how, how messed up Irene got. I was tired. Um, and yeah, so we, we get in our first skiff ride as well. First of all, we get taken there in our first skiff. <laughs> and we have to go and see Irene. And as we're talking about Tyrion, we're introduced to fishing as well at the same time. And we have to feed Aurene a fish because you're you're re you're you're establishing something you did a long time ago, which is kind of feeding and looking after Aurene, right? Which was a very cool mouthful. That was you know something we could talk about. How was that how did that feel in the fishing introduction there? That was pretty cool. All the stuff. It was fine. 
It just introduced this system of fishing. You were, you, when you were playing okay, this, you were bro. excited. You were like, okay. you, were, you loved the well, fishing. You were like, I mean, oh, like, you excited. filmed the whole thing. <laughs> That's the only bit I yeah. skipped because no, you I mean, were like, like there doing it for so long. I was like, when I did it when I did it first, yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> it was like my first time fishing, but like. In hindsight, it was just like introducing the mechanic, you know, go grab a fish for Orin, go feed our little no, baby. Oh my gosh, I Jebro, it was the most amazing part of the story. For Boots, Thank it was. You. It was eye opening. I was going to say, from Boots, it like Boots. changed your entire leveling experience. Yeah, I, I can never go back to leveling normal. <laughs> I mean, I think, Boots, I think Boots likes it for a slightly different way, which is just the fishing. I loved it for the Orin connotations because, like, I literally went back not too long after that because I sort of did this in reverse order. I did my return to living season achievements after finishing End of Dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had done End of Dragons and then I went back and in like part of the stuff that you revisit, you go back to um, some of these story beats where you literally, it's when she is a hatchling, you go yes. down to the water and you fish with her and you, you know, take her around. And um, I found that so deeply. I just... I just found it so moving that you bring her this fish and her little dialogue lines there about, you know, like, well, I'm growing up. You don't have to bring me fish. And you're just like, I'm going to always bring you fish forever for all time until the day I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, to me, I mean, it's it felt so, I don't know, familial in a sense, however you want to interpret that connection. Um, but the idea that, like, when you love someone, you do these things for them. And it's, again, kind of rare that I think in a game we see this kind of just, like, nuanced atten attention to character details. Like, it's easy, I think, in a fantasy game to sit down with a character and to be like, we're about to face the end. Ah, yes, comrade, we are. It's been amazing traveling with you and fighting by your side. And you're like, indeed, so wonderful, the fantasy adventures we've had. And you're like, we will never give up. <laughs> until the end right like that is the basic formula of just an epic fantasy but yeah. there are these beautiful nuanced interactions that we have in our own lives when we care for someone and what do you do when you care for them you know you share your life with them you bring them food you eat with them you talk with them you are a listening ear you go through hard times and good times together and not everything has to be an epic fantasy moment like you know here we are at the end you can have these incredibly meaningful moments where it's just like you know literally you raised her from a hatchling but also this sense that even though she's the most powerful entity i, I mean it's arguably almost i mean although there's others that are very powerful at this point um you still care for her and you would still do these things for her not because like she's incapable of doing it herself but because you're offering her a token of the bond and love and the care you shared and i got so emotional i thought that was such a sweet touch Aww. it was so sweet and i gotta say i love that it came from the commander because at the end of the day the player character might be various different races but the commander is still a character within the story and we don't oftentimes get emotional hits They're, they are scattered throughout when they are important but even this small little moment which might be just seen as like a a side instance for the story it was nice to be reminded that the commander is its own character and it, that fish could have come from kate someone who's more no, about like the kate story or what <laughs> but kate can should we can teach kate how to fish because kate is uh, all should we, should, I, she's fish. talented i think kate can learn but <laughs> I, I i enjoy that it was from the commander's perspective hmm. cool Okay. Was there anything else there that Orin kind of told? Because Orin was telling us how they were depleted, how they were kind of in trouble, and I can't remember if there was any major... Is this 
I think this might have been the instance where it might have been the next one. Uh, when the what jade starts coming into play. But I, I wonder if this is one. where she kind of at least hints at, like, hearing yeah. voices or a, a voice. Yeah, but we, we don't, don't really get, get into yet. that No, we don't fully. See, we yet. don't have the going into the mind of people things yet. Um, but we do go and see... Ta -ta 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 -ta, the Empress! Yes, the Empress time. Inn. This is... Uh, <laughs> You you during this bit was gold. <laughs> you were just like there was some drama in this. You were like talking to Lee. Lee was being a dick, and you were like, "Stop talking, Lee!" and all this kind oh, yeah, of stuff. I was like, "Shut up, like, Lee!" <laughs> <laughs> it was very very good. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot going on here that I think Lee and June are kind of having a little tete or tete. Um, they're kind of you know disagree because June is very much about inviting the world in. And Lee is very much about putting the wall up. So there's these two very contrasting ways. There's no in-between. There's no in-between at all. And it feels like the Empress is like this person who is trying to listen to all sides, but also very, maybe cautious, but he's kind of up for a little bit of, you know, making steadily, just like bringing in the outside world kind of steadily. And that was okay. So it was and like that also... kind of pushing. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And this is also where you could glean... If you read into it, that mm -hmm. uh, that what's her name? Uh, June. June. That June is was working with the Aether Blades at some point. A little bit, yeah. Mm, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I didn't get continues that. Continues to grow. The the narrative of those two positions of like having uh, an open invitation and being very strict continue to grow as the story uh, continues but to, it is interesting because it actually also ends up biting june in the butt a little bit uh as well so they don't the story is very elaborate and detailed when you start to look at it it's like very small aspects of like the issue of the aether blades and having that open approach also created a little bit of conflict and then needing to get other people in there as well to come and correct it mm. yeah you definitely get a sense from some of the scene of the still like ongoing conflicts in kantha right um the mindsets of the past and eye to the future um technology the empress sort of in the middle of it you get a little bit of a sense as well of the connection between the empress and june which of course we do learn that they are um, half sisters as we continue through the story so i mean a lot of this i think is really well it's just well set up. It's just basically exposition in this scene, but it does give us a bit of a sense of the tension and the undercurrents that are kind of going through the court right now um, and things that we'll later sort of expand on. Now, something I commented on when I first played through this was Navan standing so close to the Empress when everybody else has to stay very far away. I was like, ooh, that person must be very, very powerful. Um, and... I wasn't able to make the connection to what the reveal is later on, but I, apparently in my chat, somebody had figured it out when, on their first playthrough at this moment. So that was impressive. Yeah, yeah how the... How? I don't know. There's like there's the name, no indication at all. <laughs> there's just none. There really isn't, mean, but the name... The name slightly, but it's missing certain letters. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm just like, how, how would you have known? I mean, like, maybe. I mean, like, as a guess. Like, as a wild mm. guess. I don't know. What name? Who? What? Nivon. Nivon. 
and the Kunibang and things. We can talk about this now. Oh, by the way, this if you don't know what we're talking about, the entire podcast is a spoiler. <laughs> like, it's going to be in the title. It's in the title yeah. on the stream. Do not watch this podcast if we are currently playing in End of Dragons and you don't want to know player. stuff. Yeah, or a yeah new I don't player. know how... Oh, I don't know about you all, but Navan, like I said, I thought was a very powerful person because of how close she was to the Empress and how much she trusted him. Yeah. But more importantly, throughout the story, at different beats on the story, I thought Navan was... Uh, <laughs> I thought Navan was coming on to me a little bit and uh, oh, was, interested, was interested in my character. There and are moments the of flirtatiousness happened, with different characters in the game. And we I was... went out for sushi together. Uh, okay. We had a boat. We had a boat thing going on. Uh, and if you are the human character, if you are the human, it's a very different. So if you're the Asura, there is a very different chemistry that oh, kind of occurs okay. with different characters. Really? It's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I played this as Asura when I watched you playing this, Kruf. There was definitely a difference in the way they spoke to people, which could be could have oh. which people could have interpreted in a in, and especially if like if you're a man or if you're a woman, like, however you'd identify would be interpreted in different ways. Like when I was watching it, there was a part of me later on where I was like, that seemed a little bit flirtatious, like your character and their character seemed a little tiny bit. But then I was when I was a Sura, I was like, that was that was I didn't get that at all. Like mm. I just didn't get that at all. Maybe, maybe with Rama when you were doing some of the stuff there. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I maybe, but it was still good. It was good. There was nothing. I don't think the dialogue was different. I it yeah. might have just been like because each it was a bit, uh, yeah. each actor it was. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Because I remember I was like, I don't remember this feeling at all like when I played as a Sura. And then when the reveal happened, my character basically was like, I'm okay with this. I, I was still... <laughs> I mean, it was like, interesting. you Remember? all know me. I'm into it. I mean, yeah, girl, yeah. let's do it. Let's oh! go. I'll fact, be My character forever. got jealous after the end, the dragon's end, where you get to go talk to the... We're uh, getting way far out there. Okay, all right, We're getting right. way um, far out there. Well... I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, I mean, I did not get a sense that she was Kunavang at this point. I guess you could say, like, Navan, Kunavang, like, you could say, yeah. like, you could say that. Um, and I'm sure Someone some people maybe just were, they were <laughs> keeping an eye out, right? Um, if anything, I just got a sense that there was something. She seemed to know more than she let on. She seemed to be more than just yeah. a handmaid. She seemed like... Either she was operating as a voice for the Empress, where the Empress couldn't be publicly seen doing stuff, or she herself had some sort of greater stake or was, you know, uh, again, more than she appeared. I, I did get that sense over the course of the story. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, it took me a little bit to get to the point. I think I did say in the playthrough ahead of time, like, oh, what if the dragons could turn into people? That'd be wild. And then when Kunavang was like revealed, I was like, ah. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, actually I thought she cool. was just going to be like a spy nice. for the Empress and like getting all the information on her enemies and stuff. Mm. Which you know, Kunavang could still maybe do that. I don't know, but okay, I'm gonna push. <laughs> I'm gonna push this forward. Uh, there was that yes. cut scene between uh, Lee and June, and you kind of enter in, which felt a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> and they're kind of still arguing about the same thing they were arguing about right in front of the Empress. And then there's kind of like June. You speak to June, and ba the basic gist is that she wants to help you. 
uh, to juice up, I think, the words that, quoted, that I quoted, or I that was my quote, I can't remember, <laughs> to juice up Aureen um, and give them their their dragon. I don't know what, I'm pretty sure that was there somewhere. They wanted to give Aureen a Capri Sun. Yeah. Say, Come on, Cap- girl, you're a little thirsty. Capri Sun? Capri Sun is so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I've had them for so long. I miss them. I love the way you pronounce that. Capri Sun. It's called Capri Sun. It's called Capri Sun. It's not Capri. What are you talking about? How dare you snort at me? It's Capri Sun. Like, oh. it's Capri Sun. Oh, yes. Every English person right now and everyone in Europe is it just like, so how fancy. dare you? Oh, it's because yes, it I is. Know, yeah. It's a lot just fancier. A you get your straw and you stab it in that silver foil. <laughs> I love a Capri Sun and a poop tart. Poop tart? I don't say poop. <laughs> We're unraveling. Tart. We're unraveling. Pop. We're a weaver. It's a pop tart. We're a weaver. We're currently it's a unraveling. Pop tart. It's Hold even on. more okay. posh. Do you have it with okay. peanut butter or jelly? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Americans. <laughs> How dare you? This is my channel. Um, you know, look, if I have to be the only one here keeping us on track. <laughs> oh my god, really? The only one in the entire podcast, including the host, mostly the host, keeping yeah, us on, on track. I will do this in this moment for all of us. No, um, okay, so yeah, we gotta juice up Maureen, and we gotta drink some Capri Sun. (laughs) I didn't put the Capri Sun bit in there, but I like it. Capri Sun is needed. It was a beautiful Um, cinematic. It rose some tension between the two characters of June and Lee, really button heads. And and then Casimir. Yeah, let Casimir kind of shine a little bit. Yeah, Casimir's love. I love that Casimir got to shine this expansion, because... She has been in just about every major beat of everything in this story. And especially now that we're getting Living Season 1 back, I think you get to see some of her origin better. We learn more about the state of where she came from and her family and things like that. But it oftentimes feels like, at least up until this point, she's kind of... I don't want to say a sidekick because she's a major character, but it oftentimes feels like she sacrifices a great deal of herself to help others succeed. And this idea that, like, you know, she helps Jory with, like, you know, her detective agency and she herself is driven, but, you know, she tends to help others. She helps us in so many different pushes, martial combat things, you know, she does everything she can in those regards. And to see her natural skills, I think, working with people and, um, you know, she is very diplomatic, not only because of, you know, the noble upbringing and things like that, but I think she has a genuinely um, empathetic heart and she you know is wise and intelligent but she oftentimes um i think understands people in a way that we haven't always been able to see in as nuanced of a way and so for her to step into this role more formally in the spotlight as a diplomat right as somebody who has been around the world and dealt with so many of these different places and and you know leaders of nations um and who now could be somebody that would be able to bridge the gap between these very different um, and oftentimes, you know, hostile feelings between the outside world and Cantha, I think is like, she's such a good fit for it. Yeah. It's just so good. I just, I really love seeing her in that role. It doesn't hurt that she's a human lie detector, too, to be a detective. I was going to yeah. say, her sure. skill set. <laughs> her skill set of being able to detect lies, but also being a mesmer to create illusions. Say, yeah. There could be a really interesting, like, political espionage spy story with Casimir in the future, if they ever want to go do that. I mean, there's um, still backstory stuff that, with her that she has to resolve. True. Like, 
whole family situation going on there. And I, I mean, oh. I hope that somehow it ties into the the Queen Jenna situation that I mm. want to learn more about. Maybe Lisa. Mesmer spies are always an interesting idea. We go see. We go back to the office. We see Akane. First time we meet them, who I'm still confused Stan about Akane. what they. What they so good. But they're not in it that much, Queen. though, are they? I think that's she, like she doesn't need to be. She she is the voice of mm-hmm. humanity at the moment. She's like, y'all, I'm she's being underpaid. I'm not even. I'm not even being paid. She's like, I'm doing this because I have to, because I want to. But I'm not being paid. I'm not being supported in this. I, I, I I'm not being. You go do it. You rummage through all of this top secret stuff. It's not my problem. Yeah. She has such a strong April Ludgate vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. Just, I just love it because they're. I mean. Again, I think the nuance of characters in End of Dragons is just spot on. Not every person that is part of, like, I don't know, a bureaucratic system or a regime or uh, whatever, not every person is going to connect to it in the same way. Not everybody's going to be like, I'm going to do my very best work and I'm just going to... There are just people who are like, I am here. Is that not good enough? Yeah. (laughs) I really like that because it contrasts so much with many of the other... I think, um, I, I don't know, just kind of easy ways that they can lump everybody together. Like her energy is just so funny and it creates this great kind of back and forth between her and Rama. And I think you also, because of it, get a sense almost like Ron Swanson, April Ludgate to some degree. Although, you know, Rama, I don't know if he's really a Ron, but like that kind of like... He does, yeah. That kind of, like, parental or, you know, here he is working with everybody. He doesn't really think he's above everybody, but he, you know, has this kind of, I think, amicable nature to him. And that even the people that work with him or closely with him don't feel like they have to be in fear of him or they have to, you know. Um, I think it also creates an interesting dynamic with him. Okay. Perfect. Right. Moving forward. You end up trying to find. I'm, I can't remember the link here, but you end up having. You, you're, you're trying to find out what's going on with the Aether Blades, yeah. and you find some evidence. So we learn, and you end up we like. We learn that the Aether Blades were holy shit, guys. This is important. We learn that the Aether Blades <laughs> were using the fractals, going back in time slices okay. in the fractals, and stealing stuff from fractals. Which is no different than what we do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically. Well, they needed but, to like, find... They needed... After, you know, everything that happened with Scarlet, they're a bit wrecked. So they, they needed to they find equipment. Fractals. And they farmed fractals. <laughs> to, fractals to yeah. So they found ways to go into the mist, go out, get, the, get all the fractal stuff, come back out, do all the stuff and the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that wasn't like we just... we take more out of the fractals than we do as players. There's some interesting places we go to. Like the, you mm-hmm. know... Sure. A certain technology we could take before the thing explodes. <laughs> Yeah. Could you just like have five mesmers create like a giant portal and just teleport it to Corteria? Like, why hasn't anyone done that? Yeah. Future stories. There you go. It was interesting that they tied in fractals. I was literally just about to say, yeah, I liked that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. The mists are featured in, you know, different places. I mean, POF. You know, there's mm-hmm. the fractured, and- the fra- fractured, <laughs> the factored in these things. Super different. Yeah. So the mist is a core part of the game. We're fighting in the mists. The mist is and actually did- like two thirds of the game, almost. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I mean, if you think about like the modes and stuff, I guess. 
Boom. And we did know from the end, although, again, it'll be playable soon, right? And I'm sure they're going to probably emphasize this point. Sure. We know from the end of season one that although Mitran was imprisoned and then later broke out and then um, was, like, rescued by her crew and then they went, they did, they fled into the mist. So this was them directly tying in and calling back to that lore um, that they had fled to that location because, you know, like, where's one place that people can't... <laughs> They can't track you, can't find you necessarily. Like, why not use that as an avenue of escape? Although it was a huge risk. Mm. Mm -hmm. But then, like, the actual tax that that brings to a person, like, going through the fractal so many times, fighting yourselves so many times, and, like, we start to see kind of the deterioration in particularly Anka and how, like, the course of the journey within the Aetherblade Society starts to kind of crack and, you know, my trin, people aren't really vibing with her. Anka might be getting some popularity and starts to change as a character. Uh, so this is where we really begin to see, like, yeah. Anka form as yeah. kind of more of a villain. This and truly, where... Vlad's the only one holding everyone together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, and... there is another character in Kruf's story, specifically in the first hour. Smudgem is featured in different parts. <laughs> I love... Shout out to Smudgem. Shout out to Smudgem. Uh, one of my mods, great friend from my channel, from my uh, area, and I just always run into them, and I was like, oh, Dude. look at Smudgem! And you left it in, and I was like... Because I, but you were right. You were, but like, there was a very big concentration on making sure guild mates and friends and stuff were in your map. They spawned into your instance of the map as well, which is mm. which is pretty cool. Because I remember doing that. I remember seeing guildies and people and just being like, "Oh, there's figure over there. I see you in ages. What's up?" And you just be like yeah. hanging out. Yeah, it was cool. I like yeah, that. It's but, fun yeah. seeing everybody. Anka was such an interesting villain. I feel like I still. Oh, it's so tough. I I feel like I still. Oh, I wish we'd had more time with her in a sense. I would love that. You know, it's just like, I, w I can't help but wonder at all with this Living Season 1 reintroduction, if they're going to have her appear in the Aether. Well, she came in later, right? Canonically, I think they... I I'm trying to remember exactly how it all fits together, they, but... They retroactively put Anka in the Thalmanova Reactor Fractal. Yeah. But right. I'm pretty sure she would have had to have been in the Aetherblades but like before they escaped. Because before I think in season one this. Yeah, like they just went. So Anka had to be there at some point. So maybe yeah, next episode yeah. we can see that's the I only time I think that they could implement Anka. Yeah, I would love to see it because um I do think that as we're moving through the stuff that happens with um, my Trin is so fantastic. And I don't necessarily think that my Trin herself, like I love what they did with her. So I, I am glad that they didn't necessarily turn her into the Anka of this story, but it does feel like no. a stronger thematic choice because she was a previous villain. And then we see how this twisted her and then all this other stuff. It feels like that would have more cohesively hung together rather than being like, Oh, and there was this character who now has taken over and had all these other things but like all of that to be said i love the idea i think anka is so fascinating this idea of somebody who did confront herself who had the scientific mind and then watched over and over and over again as 
her other as herself and her other selves died and as she killed them and there's this brutal like this idea of this like nihilism or nothing matters or life doesn't matter or why not just unravel because like literally you know who even cares i've killed myself a thousand times and when you think about that like what that would do to you is i think very fascinating in relation to the void as we keep going ahead um it's just tough because yeah i mean we didn't really know her until this expansion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to have We're just waiting for Jebra to finish chewing. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, people to talk, and for one, people didn't. I, I'd oh. like to have a new fractal come out that's Thank you're you. doing a fractal while the Aether Blades are raiding that fractal. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I think there was like I think a developer posted like maybe scrapped content for a fractal or something. It actually featured uh, the Aether Blades. I think in season four, actually. The Aether Blades did quite a lot of stuff. That would be a fun fractal to like be like just doing a fractal and then the aether blades show up and we're just like oh, oh yeah hi. from the po- because there's no because time doesn't matter oh, there right is it? yeah you just go to the yeah, place and they could be there getting yeah. their equipment no yeah, that's actually or yeah that would actually yeah, be fractal yeah. Anka appears <laughs> mm, that yeah. is a good idea they should they should do that absolutely should do that that would be very cool nice one boots just have another Impressive. fractal story. Yeah. Mm, very good. You get a little tick mark next to your name. Thank you. Don't worry. Class participation check mark. Yeah, you get this that little sticker with the animal mark. on it. Which animal sticker do you want? Uh, let's Did you see. not get those? We used manatee. to get those. I would like a manatee. Manatee was one, actually. You used to get little raccoons and cute, like, mm-hmm. fish and stuff. Axolotl. Lions. Raccoon? Would you like a raccoon? Raccoons are cool. Cute. I once saw a tanuki. Cool. It's like mm-hmm. Perfect. So, <laughs> not, not after cool. questioning the char <laughs> guy, <laughs> we're moving cool. back to Aureen's cool, cave. Uh, it's like, someone's like, I just got married. Cool. <laughs> we're one-tenth through the story. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> Jebo, uh, take us to the next big plot points. We're in Aureen's cave. Jun- oh, this helping. is actually huge. It is. It is. We are... So, in the first... I couldn't remember what to call it. It's not the dream, but we go into... I think we're going it's into called the mind. mind palace. Yeah, that's it. it. Mind palace is a yeah. thing. That is an actual thing. From from the developers, uh, I think it, in lore, it's called the mind palace. Mm-hmm. Is it like? Oh, I'm trying to remember if later on Suwon says this or not. That it's kind of like Suwon's domain. You don't. Like, know, it's her mind. Yeah. Yeah, and I think every elder dragon can tap into that because we kind mm-hmm. of we kind of did it even with Mordramoth. We did when we went and into like. Orin hasn't done this before with you. She, not before, but she does in this expansion yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't know yeah. Suwon is Suwon at the moment. Like it just is unknown, yeah. and you're in there, and it's like, ooh, who is this? And. Yeah, comments. What yeah. was this like? Cool. Once again, kind of essential for the story, because like we'd have mm-hmm. we've we've been building up to this idea of the water dragon and a lot of speculation about the water dragon being in Cantha, and then at the end of season four, we had Krakatoric say mother, and we're like, okay, so now now there's like a familial sense with the elder dragons. What's going on here, y'all siblings? What's happening? Why do you hate each other? We need to have some some familial family therapy. But um, we've gotten to this part of the story, and it was pretty early on, and half of me feels like, oh, I sh- we should have had maybe like a bigger 
announcement because it was mm-hmm. just narration. We mm-hmm. just found out the information from narration. We didn't even see the water dragon yet. Um, but it's kind of important just to, you know, you got to, you, it, it's in, in an expansion and it's yeah. called End of Dragons. So you got to keep it pushing. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. Okay. So it's obviously a, a large amount of exposition, but they do it in a fun way. Um, and, and it gives us a small taste of meeting Suwon uh, at least once. So that's, I think, I think we talked about this, that one of the major gripes I had at least uh, with the entire storyline is even though in the, in the end, uh, I felt. It doesn't even matter. Sorry. I, I felt, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> even though in the end, you know, in the final scenes, we're talking to Suwon before dissipation. Uh, you know, you feel it, you feel the sadness you've, and, and I think I, I said, I, I was most sad with a lot of Orin's lines because I felt a connection to her. Like, I don't want to be alone. Mm. Um, and I think the reason that is, is because we didn't get to see Suwon en- enough times. Like we, th- this is our, yeah, yeah you know, it, we see Suwon maybe three times throughout the whole story. And so it's hard to, it's hard to build a connection in, in three short instances. I, I, I love I love it. Oh, it's so tough because I agree with you. I also think in this particular, in this moment, in this moment, I like that they did not reveal her here because <laughs> there is that sense of where are we? What's happening? You're kind of wandering through. You're assuming it has to be some kind of magical connection. Things are still shrouded. The bubbles, that water feeling, again, a cheeky little nod to the fact that bubbles is what the community called her for a very long time or Steve. <laughs> Like, you know, um, so, I mean, you can pretty much tell, you know, who it is, you do. And there is this suspense. And I think there is also a beautiful, horrible sadness when later on, when you actually do see her, you see her in the state that she's in, you know, that she, to save the world, has imprisoned herself, that you see, my God, her model is so gorgeous. The scale details, her, oh my gosh, just stunning. Um, mm-hmm. And in that moment to know, you think like when everything's crashing down, like the first time we actually see her, the first time we see her face to face, she's been this massive presence in the world and we l- are about to lose her. And there is something that I think is so tragic and so beautiful about that that echoes Orin's journey. So I actually really love that. But... I will say that I agree with all of you, and I think that um, even, gosh, I really wish they had put that bonus dialogue where she's talking about the babies. If they had put that in, either as a cutscene after you finish, like when you you finish your version of the the end meta, or even beforehand, like you encounter her somewhere in the map, and in a moment of lucidity, she you know converses with you and Orin really frankly, and you hear about the other dragons as hatchlings. Because what devastates me is that if you don't do the open world stuff. Players will, I think, feel a very strong, massive gap in that. And while the open world is like a big part of this story, I agree with you that in the actual cutscenes themselves, I would have loved to see just a couple more interactions, have that dialogue. Um, Suwon, I think, is impeccably voiced. She is so beautifully done and so beautifully written. And oh my gosh, her lines during the meta and everything, the delivery is yeah. just phenomenal. Even in um, the trailers leading up, the yes. voice lines were perfect. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. I love it. And um, so like, while I think that the pacing of this reveal here at the start was good, I agree that particularly in the second half, I would have liked to seen just a little more with that connection with her mm -hmm. and what she could reveal to us. And those um, little bonus cutscenes after each time you clear the meta, um, in case anybody doesn't know what those are, you can go find her down in the cradle of the world um, once you clear the meta. And she has like five different dialogues or something, I think. Yes. Five, five or six. Mm -hmm. And it's so good, but it's so good that it should have been in this, like in the cutscenes of the story, you know, like yeah. in the actual story instances. It's difficult. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes on. I think you can. I, I think yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it so much. I think for pacing, I think if you'd added all of this stuff, it would have been because it was quite a long story. And but it didn't feel long when I played it. But I'm, there were points where I was like. I want if there was a bit more, I think maybe I may have drifted a little bit, but like I was, I don't know, I don't know. I think it I was think with okay. The expansion, I like the title of bits. End of Dragons. I want to get all of the information of the dragons that I can because mm -hmm. this is their capstone on the story. So I think mm -hmm. if even if it was like five or six chapters longer where we got more from Suwon and spent more time with that character and even Anka, I mm -hmm. think that would have just fleshed out the arc of the story a little okay. bit better in terms of the conflict and uh, who we're fighting for. I agree. It's tough, though, because um, that one instance that we're going to get to eventually, I think, um, of going to the power plant is probably the best instance in the game. It's solid. It is uh, so good. <laughs> and yeah. I think that unfortunately they wanted to, like, because you can't reveal Suwon until that instance to make that instance Im impactful. And Wait, do you, what do you mean reveal Suwon? Because you already know who you're talking to in the dream, like, because Suwon's already said. You haven't seen her, but you know she's there because she's and introduced you can only herself. Talk to her through whispers or whatever. I mean, yeah. 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 But do they you, know. So, did you, so do you think that you could have had a lot more mind palace instances before that in order to reveal? She explains, more like in that. So in that instance, the mind instance we just saw, she pretty much explains that she has to die. Like you know a lot of stuff. You get a lot yeah. of stuff from that. Like you basically right. know that she wants Lorraine to be the main person like she wants she will right. be the main dragon she'll be there you know everything else and like th that one instance is like a lot of stuff there's yeah. a lot we glean from like we well, not even glean we we are told and informed yeah. about would it have felt better if like in her mind palace because mordramoth we kind of saw the shadow of mordramoth we saw its model in its mind and it's quote-unquote mind palace what if we saw like <laughs> sue wan like when we first speak with her, she kind of like unveils herself and we have this grand moment mm -hmm. and we see her free and moving. And then it, when we first meet her in the real world, it's juxtaposed with her being imprisoned. Maybe that would feel a little bit more impactful where you're like, oh, like well, think, she's locked in. Well, think about what that represents, the imagery. Like what, what does, when you're in that dream place, it's very, it's very misty. It feels very trapped. You feel free. trapped as a person. Well, it feel, I, I felt trapped. trapped. I actually felt I a little like... bit afraid. Like I didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't oh, yeah. know where she was going from. Like I felt a little bit scared. Like my character might be a little bit scared in that situation, but like you don't know where to go. You don't know what's happening. Whereas like in that feeling, the feeling of being trapped and being secluded in a way, because even if you're in a big wide open space, if you can't see anything, you can feel very alone as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Do you, mm -hmm. Does that make some sense? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. 
costume the chat says i think the reveal that she's imprisoned is such a powerful scene though and i mm-hmm. i agree it's i don't it's funny because i i would like to have more with her but i think post post the reveal i personally but this is just me i liked how they initially again like i said kept us from seeing her and then when we do get that reveal we realize the sacrifice yeah. that she's made for cantha and there's a lot of worries too within that like is this even something she's okay with like in my playthrough i spent almost that entire instance just like yelling <laughs> because it's like and i think we do get some great <laughs> moments with the commander uh... <laughs> well, because I was so excited to see her. Yeah. That whole facility. We'll get to that point. I mean, it's a phenomenal instance. I we totally are a little agree. bit ahead of like a main yeah. story beat here as well, <laughs> oh, but it's okay. But, but all of that to say, uh, I, I'll talk more about it when we get there. But um, all that to say, I didn't mind the suspense with again revealing. I think it's maybe it's just they they try so hard to walk a fine line in Guild Wars mm. Two with not overloading players with like cinematic narrative beats but they do them so well and i personally could take like twice as many and still be just fine you know but i know that like they're always very careful about how they intersperse those with other more action-oriented beats um but they did a beautiful job with what they had in this expansion um and i think it's a testament that so many of us crave more like we want more of these additional cutscenes. so i think it's tough i think i I agree with you because i i think that that instance is the best in the game, probably. And I think that even though for a complete story, to feel more connected to Suwan, to get more about Anka, for a complete story, it would have been better for the story to have you meet Suwan down there, and then Anka doesn't attack that time. And then Mm. you have a period in between where you could talk more to Suwan, learn more about Anka, and then there's the attack on that area. So also I'd like to go back. Like, it's a shame that that entire instance area, you could only visit once. Really. <laughs> it'd be nice to go, to go there twice, but I mean, you did blow it up. The guild hall. Blew yeah. up though. You and, blew up. and so it would have been great if it would have been cool for the story to be more complete story. If there was two instances where you go there once to first meet Suwan, talk to her, et cetera. And then again, come back to defend her from Anka. But mm. that would have taken away from that instance. I think that so. Instance itself uh, is, would have been worse if they had split it up. I think so. I liked the, the because I liked the idea that you were everything was calm and then actually no. Let's go back. Let's go back because there's still really important stuff. There's some really important stuff before that. Okay. We've gone ahead. We've already um, skipped Act Two. We have way skipped ahead. Um, okay, but that's all right. That's okay. We're excited. We're excited about the things, and that's fine. Um, we find out that um, Matron was working for June. June as well. That's something we found out just before we got to this instance. And the June actually really liked May, and they trusted them. Um, but that also Matron was, you know, in the wind. Like the Ministry had lost complete contact. They didn't know where they were, and we're kind of on a mission at this point in time to actually find Matron. And we end up trying to find where the Aether Blade, the secret camp is. Um, we had some cool interactions. There's some stuff around Hollowsmiths here specifically because uh, Ivan, who is one of the lieutenants or captains, I can't remember, um, 
And a lot of the Everblades seem to be a Holosmiths. Although actually, they're, they're tons of different classes, like Mesmers, Scrappers. Covenants. Yeah, like we come across in some of the... In the first Satan province in the meta, there's towards the end, the end boss is a, just a giant Scrapper with, like, the different bots as well. And I was just like, oh, man, that's so good. I was As an engineer player, this expansion was, like peak for me it was so yeah. good because all of your elite specialization stuff was in there. it was so good um i like yeah. that we get profession lore and profession story within an expansion because we don't in the other expansions i don't really feel like we, no. we see a lot of that so i loved that touch and i would love to see more because i would love to fight guardians and like elementalists and get more mm -hmm. lore about them yeah we got to fight them because there was mirages as well in the mes mesmers like the mirages we fight in that big do you remember when we all played together and we got wrecked by that event and there was some mirages <laughs> and it was the champion one and we we're all playing together oh, do you yeah, remember yeah. Yeah. yeah with the staff attack yeah yes the staff attack which was pretty mean um but here like you 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 really like this part as well it was where um Marjorie was going to put down gave you the option to put down like this big aoe field that you could you know blast to destroy this hologram wall or whatever and then you go into the Aether Blade camp which was very very cool like this whole bit was pretty nice it's, it's great because it is literally the first time in Guild Wars 2 where they teach you about how to use combos pretty much <laughs> other, other than the other than the Shinjai Monastery but yes oh, so yeah yeah I don't know if they could teach oh yeah they do too I think they do anyway um but yeah so we're going here I've got the notes here. Why am I even doing that? So trying to find my train. My train turns up. And well, actually, let's talk about Ivan first. Because you fight Ivan Love first. Ivan. Ivan is one of my favorite characters in the entire game. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Ivan is He's a legend. He's the best Holomancer in Tyria. Holomancer? Holosmith, maybe? No, I call them Holomancers. <laughs> okay, you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> it's a deep dive, but true boots... True boots, it's a deep uh, dive. <laughs> would know that I only call them holomancers. Okay, I won't, I won't stop. All right, you um, can do that then. But yeah, it, I love Ivan. Yeah, Ivan's great. The character writing in this expansion was just on it. I mean, on it. So many characters, the things they'd already established for them, just I feel like were so full of life in this expansion. And Ivan is such a memorable character. I mean, even like we were just, I mean, we've talked about so many, just even NPCs or passing characters that still have just stood out like Akane. And, you know, um, Ivan is definitely one of those and his loyalty and dedication, mm -hmm. um, I think is so fun. I also just, I really like when they tie in the different more... Um, animalistic races that we have because they're kind of like we get them in a lot of points of the story but like when it comes down to it, i mean they are also sentient races in this game right like so actually seeing them play a role just as any of the other characters or ensemble characters do um i really appreciate when they do that because otherwise sometimes they you know they're kind of like fun cute little flavor in a lot of zones but yeah. ivan is such a great character there isn't many dredge that you befriend other than Where's... in court area really Not to be fair Friend, mm -hmm. but there's like four maps i'd say maybe maybe slightly more that have dredge on them yeah um, it's, it's not like dreadnought cliffs and all that kind of it's the yeah, more known areas and the fractal basically anytime yeah. there's a cave in the mountains but also you're right though i feel like if by playing through core story you would really expect script to play a much larger role 
in, yeah. in the rest of the game because they're everywhere in the maps in Core Story. I look cool at to those as like I look at those as like the secondary cast, like the Skrit, the Quaggan, the Hylic, and the Dredge. They're like they're there, but they don't get all of the spotlight. But I love seeing Ivan, a Dredge incorporated into kind of the main cast of of the stories uh yeah ivan is the dredge online. sorry yeah but like i'm re- keep forgetting that if you're listening to this you have no idea what we're talking about most of the time and yeah. you, having the vod as an accompaniment is going to be very 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 important um i've kind of done no intro to this for, for audio people but i feel a bit bad um but if you so if you don't know what we're to wear on kind of our act two i can't remember the name of this oh it's can't trust the pirate with marjorie and gorick uh and you you're trying to find Mytrin, and then you end up fighting Mytrin, and she's she's just completely wrecked like she's drunk she's like not in a good place she is feeling bad about the things she's essentially done in the past she's trying to you know do good and be better um but here she's i feel like she's she's drunk and she's kind of like screw it you know everyone thinks i'm bad anyway so i'm just gonna be bad you know um and then the ultimate you find out ultimately that you know my trin is a revenant now <laughs> and you're like because you know been to the mist a lot so why not and has like this echo of scarlet as their mist champion or whatever they're called um, it's not Scarlet, is it? It's an echo of Scar. I can't remember what yeah. it is. I guess I guess this is kind of now more Revenant lore, because, I mean, yeah. we still are in dire need of more concrete Revenant lore. I don't get but, it, oh, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. because there are so many Revenants in the world, like, not just we players, tra- but yeah. also in the lore, there's Ritlock, there's the Mist Strangers and Travelers that sell you the Revenant armor, my Trin. Instead of, like, actually channeling the direct spirit, you're kind of just interacting with like a fragment of it in a the way power. and it like splits off i guess yeah. you can I don't know. like, like it channels like, to everyone at the same time i don't know is it yeah. like a difference you get some you get some you get some <laughs> <laughs> you get some or revenant like, um not revenant but you get some you know dwarf you get some dwarf you get i mean some we know that they went into the mists and killed different versions of themselves right like yeah is it something like that where there are simultaneous like many many versions or many spirits i don't know um, yeah. I mean, it could very well be that you you do channel like one spirit, and spirits aren't beholden necessarily to the exact laws of our own sentience and single consciousness. It's but like, like a druid, you just you know, you heroes' know. private Discord messages must be popping off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to answer all these calls. Hold on, I can't do this. Um, this was a revelation for me, though. This I wicked. love this story twist. This moment. It was oh, the bone of the best. So good. I mean, I hadn't even necessarily thought about it being a thing. And then when it was, and then I thought about the fact, like, oh my gosh, how incredible is this concept that like I mean, a villain could still almost live on in a sense and influence others even past if like that person, you know, invokes their spirit and like how that could interplay and the fact that my trin barely seems to even be able to really have a hold on scarlet as like a spirit that she is merged with that you can tell that it's like affecting her i loved it and this was also my first time ever before season one was later introduced like fighting scarlet because i had never fought her in the game i had like never actually encountered her because i never played the original living season one so to actually have her there um and the fight itself is (laughs) this is the first time you encounter scarlet isn't it 
It was. It was oh, the first geez. time I ever yeah, saw her yeah, yeah. after she died. You're just so. like, who's this? No, I knew who she was. <laughs> I mean, looked at the pre-show. Looked at her yeah. homework. I had to write all about it, I and I've watched a lot <laughs> yeah. of videos. I mean, even before the pre-show, right? I, I tried Rook to learn as much Rook probably knows more could. about Guild Wars 2 than anyone that played through it. Like, from the start, honestly, because of the amount of research you had to do. Jesus. Uh, it was so fun, but I mean, it was really exciting. I mean, it was exciting to see her there. Um, and I think the fight itself is really well done as well. Like, I, I think just like the mechanics, there's so many parts of it that the markers, they've really made those more you know visually distinctive for a lot of players. Um, yeah. All of that, the kind of bullet hell elements, you know, there's a lot of really fun things. And the music got me so mm-hmm. much that kind of like waltz like dream like feel as she like sweeps across we've the heard, have we had that music before or we've heard yes. instances yeah. of it before previously so it was a callback it was a big yeah, callback like yeah mm-hmm. it's her theme so it's it was like a big huge because it was in one of the trailers as well i think mm-hmm. and you were just like whoa we're back and all of season one i was like it was interesting how they're tying season one into end of dragons and i was just like the dragon cycle and then i was like circles uh, and then i was like oh wow this is just epic that it was really tying in like this just everything like if you think about season one how we're playing it right now and some of those characters that are back now like my trin and we're just resolving some of these arcs i'm just like damn they really did have this because ever ever since i've known people that are reading it they're like yeah we know what's happening for years <laughs> and i'm just like can you tell me because <laughs> not like you know they just not like it's ridiculous like how and that, and we forget this about about games you know that this isn't just like they're kind of doing this by the year they've had they have this general story for years planned for so long and you think how are they going to get from getting from a to whatever letter z z or whatever however way you say it like and you just like you follow it and you get to this point where you're at end of dragons and 10 years later and you're like damn this was really good like it was just so good mm. and this was one of those points in the story where i'm like one of my favorite bits personally so easily so, so um scarlet being invoked by my trend yes uh also blish as a character having kind of his spirit as an entity inside of a robot yeah do you think that means that we will get mecha palawa joko at some point probably not i like how we're talking about the end of dragon story and you just launch these things (laughs) (laughs) we we really have no time to go into this zone but it's interesting i would say no. I would, say, I would also say no. Be, my guess would be no, but I also feel like that because I personally think that... Okay, <laughs> I, this is we're going deep. We're going too deep in lore. I mean, I oh, God. It, it seems like, right, like that there is an energy or magic to the spirit just as there is an energy or magic to the flesh and that, like... those spirits that continue on there's some kind of magical element at play and as far as we know Orin consumed all of that like so I don't even know if there's anything left to be I guess you could go back in time or something I mean sure you got extracted Kruf actually said that as well during the incident it was like Kruf said oh has I think when we found when we went to the cave originally Kruf was like oh I wonder if Joko's magic is like gone now like completely gone now yeah because yeah. that could be a way for them, but I don't know why they would want to kill Irene again. But 
I guess in that moment, she was vulnerable. So if anyone wanted to assassinate Aureen, they could. She was but being guarded, thankfully, as well. Yeah, but they didn't. Like, Kate, Kate would have assassinated them. Assassinate yeah. the assassin. <laughs> yes, 100. Absolutely. I mean, and it, we don't really know how it works with Aureen, right? Like, if she you know, take something like that, is it kept separate in her or is her entire magical nature fundamentally altered by what she's taken in and then she fl- mm-hmm. like filters it and balances it? I don't know. But all of that to say, um, <laughs> one of the things that I also liked from this story beat with Scarlet and Maitran is the parallel that we draw to Maitran then also having been drawn to June and this sense that it seems like for much of her life she was looking for, and she even talks about it a little bit, we find out a little bit about it, but like um, that she was looking up to especially like female figures for um, like, I, I, I guess, a sense of camaraderie and, um, you know, understanding and care, uh, mm. leadership, guidance. I don't know if you want to I don't I wouldn't go so far as like like a motherly presence, but like she obviously she looking for at- a mother. Figures, what you think? Kind of like mm-hmm. you get the sense that she's looking for somebody like a, a particularly like a, a, a female figure, morally to look up good to. person, because mm. Scarlet was a morally bad person. Well, you know, for reasons, but like, well, yeah. you know, but that makes sense, absolutely. But she ends up swayed by them, mm-hmm. like, and yeah. you know, the devotion and the care, the sense of being set adrift that she felt, even though mm. Scarlet obviously used her like a tool, and Scarlet herself was like. She was, you know, she, she, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of things that happened to her, she was not, you know, at the point where she was her fully original self, right? Like, a lot of things that happened to her. Um, And then we see Maitrin, I think, almost gravitating towards that kind of strong figure again Mm. in June. And I think feeling that she wants to live up to that, but she doesn't know how to. And that, like, you know, many of the insecurities that I got a sense that she had about her own intelligence, about her own worth, these sorts of things that maybe she was seeking in these figures to validate her in a sense. Um, She Mm. herself struggled so much with, like, empowering and seeing the worth in herself that you know she struggled and stumbled and and yet we know she worked really diligently as how june talks about her and based off of everything there um but it's i love her character i i think that these moments with my trin are so revealing um even to the point where you know we've had this kind of abuse narrative with case in the past right but that having these relationships mm-hmm. that sometimes are harmful to ourselves but that we think we need for whatever reason can lead to these terrible spirals in our life and my train is tragic in many of those regards although she herself has done a lot of bad things because yeah. of the path that she's taken um but i think all of this sets up like a really lovely complexity a subtle complexity with her for um her later choices and actions and like controversial possible redemption moment so so i'm gonna pull this through to the next bit very valid and very important points made as well good stuff i'm loving it um post matron fight matron is like you know gonna hang out with us for the rest of the time they're gonna be they're gonna be a good guy well good person whatever that means uh, but marjorie is still very suspicious and very angry at them still which is which it's goes on for a while honestly um pretty much until later which we're going to talk about how they end unfortunately but well i say unfortunately but it's very good um after this jury, i was gonna say jory almost died at the hands of scarlet and because yeah. of all the oh absolutely oh yeah like, within reason of- yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 absolutely 
Um, so there's a lot of reasons why, you know, but yeah, absolutely justified why anyone would hate Marjorie, Marjorie at the moment, to be honest, uh, let alone Marjorie. Um, but post this fight, they go and they, they find out, you know, obviously Anka is the leader. They revolt against her. And now they're trying to find out on this hollow map, like where Anchor is going to attack next, or where there's going to be all these different things going on in Kainang City, which is our transition to the second map. <laughs> We're still quite early in. Um, and we are working on trying to get there with paperwork in this transition toward <laughs> going to Kainang City, which was. I think it was very different, and yeah, it was randomly fun. Um, I'm gonna just kind of forward this. I'm, actually, Kruf said in this video, and you enjoyed this oh, no. a lot, uh, actually. And oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's not great. It's not a lot of story content to like get into for yeah, this no, no, podcast, no. but I think it's a it's a smart way to slow down the player a little bit mm -hmm. and to actually maneuver in a new land that makes sense to their rules and their structure. Rather than just going, oh, I'm going to just take a portal over there. It's like, no, you have to kind of work for it because you're in this this new region. Yeah, it's very fun. And you get Mar no, not Marjorie Casimir a little bit more. I think you get Navan here. Um, and then you end up getting... Who do you take over to... It's, it's Navan. One in, is it it's Navan, Navan you take over? Yes. It is. And okay. there are some hilarious little dialogue things. All of the boat moments, there are some great dialogue things. I dumped Navon in the water. Same. Same. That was funny. Y'all let her in the water. I would never. I'm a gracious host. No, you did it. And yeah. she doesn't let you forget it. Yeah, that's a nightmare. <laughs> she brings it up throughout the expansion if you dropped her in the water at that point, which I thought was one of the funniest little details. I loved that. Um, I also just liked that they actually had us like go by boat and stuff at various points. Right? Yeah. It makes the map, it makes the world feel cohesive. Like there's a throughput, you know? How do we get mm -hmm. here? And I think Guild Wars 2 does that a lot in its story where, you know, you have to walk to this pass and then go through or, you know, stuff like that. The map feels vibrant and alive. But I like when they put those little journeys in. And I particularly liked with End of Dragons that they had these dialogue and character moments as well, since you can have people join you in the skiff. Yeah, and they they like to do that because it's I mean it's the masteries right, and so you know Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire as well. They they throughout the story would either require you to have a certain mastery or well actually in Path of Fire it is kind of require you to have a certain mastery because you can't get to certain places on the maps without the mountains. So it's a nice way to introduce you to these things. Okay, so we get to Kainang. Well, we're on the way to Kainang, and still Marjorie Pista Trin. But Trin like says like a line which I wrote down. I quoted and said, "Scarlet made me feel uh, like I was part of something bigger," which is kind of what we were talking about before as well. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of the time, and and this is something in, in mental health. When we're talking about gangs and different why we belong to different groups, especially if you when you were younger and you didn't have parental figures and different different people to look up to who were as we would say morally good. Um, you know, we look for just people who can guide us whether or not they're good or bad. Like, someone is better than nothing. And Scarlet, for her, was, like, a, a very important person. And I think she was trying to really give us this side of her for, like, you know, I just needed someone, and there was someone. And I needed something. Otherwise, you know, um, where would I have been? So there is these kind of... I like I like that history and, like, that lore and that build-up of Trin, for sure. I really did start to like Trin quite a lot, honestly. 
Um, personally, I thought I, I did like them. They were one of my favorites. Um, anyway, we're in we're in Kainang. This is kind of where we get the bot, and we we also get some noodles. Um, but we also, <laughs> more importantly, we meet uh, Yao first for the first time. The important part, the introduction to the spicy Kainang bowl. Yes. Uh, have you know? We do stop, but um, that's when after we've met Yao, isn't it? I think. Sorry, it's before Chris, we meet Yao. Chris's oh, signature dish, the spicy yeah. Oh, is this? Oh, this was the actual one. <laughs> oh, okay. Is this where you want to slip this in then, is it? Job, bro. Go on, slip it in. Slip it in. <laughs> <laughs> she said that. Job, the podcast. Oh, job. God damn. Jesus. Job, <laughs> you know, if you ever want to get some lore on my dish that I made and I what did, what, it, you, you might as well go. talk about it now like what the dish you made where no, you we did have to ke- we have to keep on topic Jebra, but we can at least drop a hint go watch that stream watch that VOD but yeah um, this is where I got the inspiration for my uh, dish the spicy cunning bowl in the Guild Wars 2 cooking competition that which we were a part of proof, recently which proof won the- But with the help of Rook and Emmy's kindness and generosity and making me for comfortable, thank you. And less good food that we made. And (laughs) oh my god, thank you for being bad. Yeah, thank you for sucking. Uh, we did do that competition. Crew won and so deserved made spicy Kainang noodles. Uh, and that was over on Unleash the Feast, although it was on all of our channels as well. So you can find it in our VODs uh, too if you if you want to watch there. Um, yes, I love this. We got the introduction to Yao here. This is, mm-hmm. oh, it's so funny because, I mean, this is, I mean, I'll be honest with everybody. End of Dragons, I personally think, is my absolute favorite expansion in this game. Yeah. I adored this expansion. Mm. Um, as with everything, of course, we always try to provide, like, well-rounded feelings and thoughts. Kainang is so tough for me because it is actually one of my favorite maps I've ever been on in a game. Like, when I first got in there, mm. the sheer range of it... The detail, the size of it, it is so beautiful. The lighting effects, um, all the little details as we, you know, as you wander around. Meeting Yao, so great. It, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but it meant so much to see. And this game has meant so much to me as far as LGBTQI plus rep goes. Yeah. Um, for some, you know, in many different ways we connect to it. Um, but I talked last week about you know, my partner who's non-binary and it meant it so much, even just for me to see this character in the game and be like, wow, this is you know, like, oh my gosh, there's actually representation in this game. This is the only MMO I play period where we have a gender or non-binary characters because there are multiple, right? Mm-hmm. We have um, trans characters as well, although I'd love to see like another, I'd love to see a trans character like right up in the spotlight, although non-binary falls in trans, but um it's one of those things where the representation is gorgeous kainang is one of the few places where i desperately think we needed much more story fully i like yao gets introduced and the introduction is so strong but after this point yao like basically falls off like there's almost nothing with yao we get some great moments um, yao is very busy like doing yes. stuff elsewhere and if you go into some of the events i feel like they're not so directly in the story but they're also kind of in a lot of events and side events which is weird yes but if not you do the enough meta event, i think that we should have as even more of an introduction to the nature of the void and how it was affecting mm-hmm. people to me it felt like there should have been an entire like 
not not a complete diversion of quest because I think it still falls completely within the realm of of everything here, right? The history, the city, the groups, the factions, the ministries, and the role that they currently play. This corruption of the energy of Jade. What is Jade? How are they using it in Cantha? What is the void? There are these incredible little vignettes around Kainang mm -hmm. where you can come across these like void corruption spots. And yeah. like those should have been a part of the story. And Yao's part in the meta event is great because we learn a little bit more there about the inner workings. But mm. again, it's not like when we take the boat ride with Rama. It's not like when we have these actual strong reinforced character beats. So for me, it's tough because Kainang, I actually love, and I think many people maybe didn't love it as much as I did, but I actually love Kainang City. Yeah. Um, but this piece of the story was like one spot where it felt like... Um, I needed more. I needed a little bit more flesh out in this bit to really use that set well, to really get a sense of the people and the city. And Yao as a character who I hope sticks around for many, many, many expansions to come and becomes a, a bigger character because I really love them a lot. So, well, yeah, yeah. The living world him, mm -hmm. uh, him coming back because they need to teach um, Taimi how to replace their body parts. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Replace them. Do you mean to get more mobility with, um, you know, the application of different tools uh, or, you know... Like her braces and stuff? Yeah, rather than potentially yeah, replacing has... parts of their body? Yeah. yeah I mean, maybe I she mean, wants have... to just become we a... Could we could have served I mean, I guess, her out. I mean, yeah. We can I turn her into little Scruffy. But we forget. We also do forget. Like you know, with with Yao, there isn't jet. There is there is the non-binary part, but there's all the also the the huge yeah the arm, like having yeah. the amputated arm and then having tech you know in that place is is actually a big thing. In there that we cool. f we forget about. It's very cool, but it's also you know about disability as well. It's also about you know introducing that into uh, mm. a game, which is you know something that Elder Scrolls did do. Um, a little the, bit here and there. The story cool. of time, Timey has already started incorporating Jade Tech into, like, she has a kind of like suit. We're coming up to that. Yeah, we're coming it. up to that soon. I like a lot of New Kainang, um, and I, I totally agree with you, Rook. We did get story, but it was purely through dialogue rather than having that physical representation of the character alongside you or, like, following them along to get your footing. And I, I'm starting to realize that was kind of a lot of the expansion. I love the story that we got, but the way that it was implemented felt a little too heavy on just relying on your, your communication system because it was a lot of those, like, bubble sequences over your head. And it, especially for New Kainang, it would have been nice if we were, like, taken on a tour of it in a sense and that we start seeing this pop up of like malfunctioning stuff and we're like oh what's that about and yeah i was also like yeah this has been happening recently i don't know what's going on and we start to go on that <laughs> adventure and then at a certain point we break off and we go and do our own stuff so yeah. kainang felt a little a little dry in that area but aesthetically speaking it was a huge victory to see an actual city playable not just we're going around to different vendors it's like there's content here there's events there's things to do and there's some nice like lore tidbits that you can go and find if you want to so but, but i am looking forward to revisiting it hopefully in the living world having it get a little more filled up um, i have a feeling that might be why it was 
less focused in the expansion because it does feel like they could use it as a massive part of story moving forward once we push mm. past the living season one re-release um that like the you know the people and how they're redefining themselves and these other characters that we've had introduced like yao or whatever's happening in the palace and everything right because if you go to the ruins um of Brown, old kainang. kainang and you do the jump puzzle there is a very interesting spirit up there who tells you about um the old raisu palace and oh, something cool. that seems to be stirring there which very much feels like it could be our next living season arc um so i it does seem like um, I actually have fallen more in love with the events and hidden things. There's that great little event even in the old Kainang ruins mm -hmm. where you find the ghosts of yeah. past the lovers and like everything. So there's a lot of great stuff there, but I could see it definitely being something where they were like, we know we're going to feature this a little bit later. So let's push through this and then we're going to do the other stuff for the expansion. You know, you think you're going to add like a bank and crafting areas to no. the city. It would be nice. They're not going to do that. If season series, six, it's not a typical city. It's a city. It's not a typical city though. It's, a, well, neither it's is an Amnoon. active. It's, a, it's an active Amnoon. zone. We'll go and look at Amnoon size compared to Kainang in, in terms well, of that a map mean, region. Like, and the upper area Tell where me. like the rich people is, you can add like because there are a bunch of locked doors. There's apartment buildings. You could add systems like like a small hub because I think actually using New Kainang City mm -hmm. as a hub for season six, if they do go out and do like the drowned Kainang stuff, seeing more about you know how people are redefining their life after the void stuff. If you want to have people in that zone a little bit longer, story mm -hmm. and certain features would be very smart. But also, Harvestone is right You've there. You've got Harvestone. Yeah, exactly. You don't need Arbor it. Harvestone's right there. That's why. The exactly why I was going to say. Do it is probably because they wanted to yeah, uh, have is people concentrate more on Harvestone as it is a mastery that you're supposed to develop. Exactly. So. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense, honestly. I would like because. I like, mean, it makes a lot of sense because it's a city. But it doesn't make any it's a sense very, because they want you to concentrate on Arborstone. This is the thing, though. The zone is very different, like, to any zone in Guild Wars 2. It's, it's like, it's, in, or any game, there's not many cities, which which is a zone where there's, you know, events and, like, quests or, you know, heart quests, whatever, going on at the same time. Um, it's just very unique. And I, I think, I don't think... I just personally don't think they're going to go back there much. I honestly don't. Um, I think it's. I think maybe they oh. could have like bring some side events. I, they just don't do that. Like they just don't. Like they they go forward. How many maps are in Guild Wars Two? We normally get like maps per living story. They did start to retreat from that a little bit. But we have sixty five plus maps in the game. <laughs> it's probably more than most MMORPGs. I wonder how many but maps the there seasons, are. In I don't know. In Heart of Thorns, we went back to Tereir quite frequently. So I, I can see them going back to Possibly. because this is an expansion zone. It's not just a, see, uh, a seasonal zone. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a part that's, of the entire package. I like it. But I'm not. I'm not like overly. I think there's a lot of open space inside that I'm not massively keen on, like warehousey spaces. I like the more wrecked bits around the outside. Like I like those parts, and I like the. The the kind of um, the ruins in the northeast sector yeah. of the map and the southern you don't side really in like the, the the kind city of aspects of the city you like the yeah, yeah. and the more and the yeah. older parts which you know which you know we started we said slummy you know, that was a word when we were thinking about you know the music but like kind of the more abandoned parts and the historic parts but I do like the tech you know like the holograms and all that kind of stuff as well and the cats and all that fun stuff and there is some. 
and you know using the zip lines and that kind of stuff there is some really cool modern stuff in there and i do like it i just there's just a lot of holes and, but like I'm, as i'm thinking about it i'm watching Kruf going through it now but there is like these awesome like waterways which kind of remind you a little bit of like venice for example like, there's some really interesting kind of influences there and you think about the tall like high buildings and stuff and they're like mountains you know <laughs> they're so massive uh, and you can see like the you can see the history ingrained because they're built on a lot of t- on the top of a lot of these older structures and just the rock and the stone and stuff so you can kind of see what it's built on top of so yeah it is a very very cool zone i i really like saying promise to be fair i just love that zone so much um but yeah like it, it's they're they're all very very unique as you go through them yeah. they're so different you've got this kind of mix between you know small town intro into camphor and then you've got this very dense technological city and then you've got the forest and then you've got this massive open wide jade sea like you've literally got like different just different kind of biomes these huge places anyway i'm gonna get massively off topic off topic yeah. and bring us back i think the biggest aspect of new kining is probably its story this is where we yeah. really get into the magic we do the instance with like the where we get a, a little sneak peek of the behemoth for the meta mm-hmm. event but we find out about the magic there we go back to to my train at her uh apartment we get a little bit more story development of her and then it leads us to the the reactor where we really have a huge moment of the story. I really thought, um, I'm glad you brought up that moment with my trans apartment because, um, the usage of their quest time, right? Like that's something that I get a really strong sense that they constantly have big concerns about, <laughs> you know, how do we communicate as much as possible in what might be the only cutscene attributed to this character for the whole, for the whole expansion. Right. Um, which isn't always the case with every other style of game, but it is something that draws people to Guild Wars too. I mean, that ease of being able to move through stories. Um, but I think also does uh, cause them to have to innovate in creative ways. And I loved that apartment. I thought it was such a creative way to communicate so much about a character in just this, like, one moment uh as you go around and you see how she's collected all these stray cats <laughs> she's trying to figure so out how to even care for a cat <laughs> and like all the cats have different personalities and the junk she's held on to and the things that she cares about um there's a game that came out semi-recently oh what is it called stray out no, well, Stray is, a, oh. is cute. <laughs> Cats? No, there's one that's about moving. Moving out, pack, packing. We fit? No, it's a, it's a game <laughs> where... That was a good job! Thank you. It was good. It was good. Unboxing? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. There, there's one that's about, like, packing up a place. Like, you are packing up a room, and it tells this narrative as you are, like, going through and packing. Because, like, when you think about it... um. Okay, this is going to sound dark, and I don't mean it in a dark way. (laughs) Don't mean it in a dark way. But, like, other than ourselves, what do we leave behind? You know, like, our physical body and our mind, like, that is a part of us. But when that is not in a place or when we are gone, in a sense, what do we leave that communicates who we are? And you think about living spaces and you think about writing and you think about um, voice messages or text messages or you yeah. think about 
It's the evidence of a life. And I genuinely loved that room with my Trin because I thought it was such an effective use of storytelling that was unconventional. You know, it wasn't my Trin sitting down and being like, when I was four years old, yeah. I had this thing happen to me. But you get a sense of the life she's struggling to make. And you also get a sense of, like, I, the fact that she's in the slums and things like that. Right? Like, a lot of times, especially in the world, we have a tendency to turn a blind eye to those people who, you know, we may think for whatever reason are beneath us. It oftentimes happens with homeless, you know, um, viewing them less as people and more as just an, an abstract mm -hmm. entity. Yeah. And so to, like, see this life, like these little scraps of life in this messy, cluttered little apartment in the slums, I thought was really poignant. And I actually, that that moment has stuck with me funnily enough um as some of the most innovative storytelling i think i've seen in mmo quest in a long time that, that game you're talking about is is a few years it's been around for a few years now that, that unpacking game that's what it's called unpacking. and it is a very very powerful game because it tells the story of you know someone who's moving from place to place but through their life and and through the different relationships they have you never see people you never see them you just find different things and you it's actually really if you played through the whole thing i'm not going to spoil it but like it's very good like you have to it's just so it's amazing how you can just have a rooms and you just have to put things in their places or you have to pick them up and put them somewhere else to reveal story it's such a good game if you haven't played it and you like mental mental health stuff as well specifically it's just so good um, but yeah, you, and, and you will appreciate that even more probably if you do complete it. So you have to go, please stream it. I would love to see a reaction. Reader Geek actually uh, got me to play that on one of my streams, and it was it was very powerful. Um, you know, the, um, that scene, learning so much about my Trin through the stuff in her apartment, uh, yeah, that was a great way, method of storytelling. It kind of reminds me mm -hmm. of season three, uh, oh, when you learned a lot room? about Codicus from oh. his room. Oh, oh yeah, okay. the painting of Logan. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. And also I mean, just the, the room with the space all around it. Maybe Scarlet's, that too. like, Scarlet's yeah. kind of area Scar as well. Yeah, Scarlet's home. Scarlet's hideout. Right. That was yeah. more of a... Yeah. There's a lot of reflexive... Absolutely. Like, having the, the, the villain kind of be like... They give you humanized the... through their own like exactly. their own living area because that's where you're the most casual and most like laid back and you're not putting up this front of like I have to conquer something or like achieve a goal. Well, that's when the that's story where... becomes more more the effort is gone. Like because you can you can have a baddie, you can have a baddie in a game. Where you're like that person's bad, and we have to kill them or we have to stop them. But why are they bad? You know, it's a simple why. Like, pe people don't always ask those questions. I think we get that and more. In Codicus's is, is, uh, situation, it was because he likes Logan, and clearly you're Yeah, <laughs> he's vain. <laughs> All baddies like Logan, confirmed. It's okay. Right, we're going to go forward. Um, <laughs> we're um, but this stuck. was smart to humanize my trend at this point, because the next step with the <laughs> reactor... Yeah, director. Um, wow. Oh, what was it? Um, there was in between that. There was a point where uh, Crewforge also saw a 
the repair chief Kestrel I can't or one of the tangents they, they don't like them apparently fine you got excited at the no time. I love them uh, alright cool but we got more but that one thing in, but the before in the previous instance like when you had to collect power cores and stuff with the jade bot was very very cool I just mm. wanted to know that that was a fun mm. thing um and also da, 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 da. yeah you find out about the entire empire basically runs on jade tech and this is where you kind of build up how important suwon really is like not only are they this elder dragon full this power and they do this kind of thing you understand that they are basically this every the whole empire is on their back kind of really that's the feeling i got like, just everything is powered by them. The reason they're in the future and the way they are is pretty much because of the dragon, but also with the help, obviously, the tech you can't... They wouldn't have got there without the tech either, obviously. So there's kind of this working humans and, or, you know, Tengu or whatever. All the races, all the people, um, with the dragons as well, or with Suwon specifically. So that was kind of interesting. Um and yeah, we get to the reactor, and you've been guided here by um, by June, but like you don't have access, and like this this the whole facility starts to attack you. I was just like, wow, no, you just can't get a break, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, what's happening? Like, this whole thing was just fun. It was good times. And then learning that Anka and the other Aether Blades have have broken through and infiltrated. Yes. You know, it, it's a good shift from like calm. Oh, everything's so. It was a beautiful instance as well, being underwater, seeing dolphins and whales, and then being like, oh, this is really cool. We're learning so much about the story. Oh no, we suddenly have to fight. Let's go. <laughs> This whole facility is incredible, right? I mean, there's obviously a little, like, preamble thing as you get into it. And I think the tension with June is um, uh, really interesting. I One of my favorite character arcs, I actually think, one of the ones that I think is best communicated is June's arc in End of Dragons. Uh, because when you eventually break through to her in her manner and, like you have a very frank kind of heart-to-heart -heart with her. Mm -hmm. I think the culmination of everything that starts, like, here and that you've even seen before, you know, she agrees to work with you, but then she's lying to you, and then you both feel like you're kind of on eggshells around each other, but then she doesn't trust you in this facility. And, of course, we've gotten the stakes about what Jade Tech means to Kantha, and later we do find out that June herself is, I think, a deeply caring person in her own way, and she did, you know, value Suwon. But what I love about this, like, whole sequence, one, the facility is just incredible and breathtaking, and Boots, I am with you in that. Please let us go back there, because, I mean, you can go and replay, you know, but mm -hmm. I just want to take, like, 50 pictures there. Um, I was blown away. It felt so magical. It felt so mysterious. Um, I love a good set reveal in a game you know where like you're adding on to that like the the stakes the level the way you're kind of just opening everything up it reminds me of exploring mist for the first time when i was a kid and you turn a corner and there'd be some weird bizarre thing and you're like what is this what secrets does it hold you know how often and do you take screenshots when you're playing story the first time so much yeah, so much i do as well i'm bad at that <laughs> yeah. But I felt a lot of that same sense of wonder, Good this that. spectacle, this incredible facility. Um, and I think the tension with June was so interesting going into this because you were talking, Jeb, about how Suwon has become like the back for this empire. And in many ways, Suwon has given up everything mm -hmm. to help humanity. 
um, because, you know, of what the risk that she poses. But I think also maybe, although this isn't as, as explicitly stated, perhaps a bit of guilt about what's happened with her children. Like, the relationship that you have with Orene is very different in that you are both able to operate as free entities and you both help and support and lift each other up. Um, but Suwon being used as like a mega battery is something that she has technically yeah. agreed to, but it does create this very different dynamic. And especially when you're so unsure of June and where she stands. And is she just doing this because of corporate greed? Is she just doing this because, hey, the mm. dragon said that she would? Does she even consider the dragon to be its own independent sentient, you know, creature? Like all those things yeah, I think true. play in so well as you go through this facility. And I like that the commander even calls some of it out. And is like, you know, what are you doing with this dragon? And it's like really it's upset weird, about isn't it? it? Like, I don't feel yeah. like we, I didn't question that enough, maybe when I was playing it, honestly. Like, it was just kind of like, I just maybe kind of accepted that she was okay. Because in this instance, she says like, she's okay with it. And it's like, she's consenting to this thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like, why? Like, what's the reason why? Like, that was a, what, what I wanted to know. Like, why? Because you're the opposite of free right now. Like, but you're helping other people be free, but like, you're really selfless. And when you think about it, like, from the beginning, from the very beginning, when she's the one who's, you know, created this water dragon, what she is, and she's managing all of this different man magic in this way, like, she's always been taking care of people. Since the moment she existed, she's been taking care of the world, creating other dragons so that she can also, like, take care of herself and disperse this magic, making sure everyone else is okay. So I'm like, damn, this person is, like, the ultimate selfless being, God person. And I'm just like, damn, like, I feel really, kind of feel, it kind of sucks. Honestly, I just feel bad for them that they couldn't even have, like, a moment to just be free and not have that feeling it was just yeah i guess thinking about it now anyway sorry random thoughts like and they're just kind of spawning around in my head i think suvon as a character is it's cool yeah. that's why i want more i wanted more from her but what mm. she is is fairly effective because you go through this cycle of she creates the dragons and has hopes for them hopes for her children as any mother would and yeah. then it starts to go south Mm -hmm. And then I think when Zaitan rose and she defended Kantha and she was admired and praised from the people for saving them, then maybe she felt like a sense of connection to something, like another uh, sense yeah. of, oh, these are my children as well. Mm. Um, every person in Tyria. And I, I always view her getting into that battery as like her own very strange sense of freedom because... At each point, she says that she chose this and she wanted to. So mm -hmm. it is a little bit dark and sad because it's like you have to confine yourself into this location to feel a sense of, of extra worth and extra protection because everything you've done in the past has kind of gone wrong. Um, she's an interesting character, so I really would have loved to have seen more from that and like really mm -hmm. get into the mentality of Suwon. But from what was shown, I enjoyed especially this, um, this chapter. You get to see, so in this part, this is where we are, we're in the, kind of in the, the mind, you said the mind palace in you earlier, um, of Suwon, and they are talking about, this is where the void starts to come up, but they don't say the void specifically. Um, and she said she doesn't need saving, and they are there by their own choice. Um, and, uh, the, you know, she's helped, she's there to help create Dragon Jade, 
Um, duh, 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 duh. Yeah, okay. And I was just started to explain about how the dragons died. And then we started to figure out that killing the dragons probably wasn't a good thing. <laughs> like, because all of this magic was like going, becoming like void magic. And it was just like powering this, you know, this negative side of, of the world, basically, which is kind of what the void is. Um, this space, this emptiness, you know, bad, you know, all of this, this is kind of what it's affiliated with. Um, and then she says this line and I was like, wow, this is like deep. She's just like one liner. When I'm gone, all of Tyria will be destroyed. Like that's one of the things, that was basically something she said before moving on to the fact that I basically want Aureen to take over and is not, but is unfortunately just not in this place where they can receive all of this magic they're not you know they haven't evolved they haven't got to that time and i need to help them and we need more time so there's this real sense of urgency but also this sense that you know they're kind of not ready for this but which is kind of one of those typical storylines you see in a lot of different movies and tv shows you know you've got to be this person but you're not there yet and so like you've got to put that extra you know 110 percent in that feeling i got that feeling but it's still cool because there's so much mixed in with it um so that's kind of where we are um and she just she's just like she must be ready um and she doesn't and she more importantly she says you know and i don't want you to try and save me like do not save me i just don't don't even try and it was just like wow this is so this is a lot man (laughs) it was so heavy she really is mother yeah absolutely her energy is giving mother no matter who she's talking to she's like she realizes that she created Tyria. So she's like, mm-hmm. even the dragons are more of her direct offspring. She's like, you, Commander, small human, you're a tiny little mortal. You know, in the trailer, it's like mortal lives are like little flames, quick, hot, and gone. And so, but she still values that. And that's why I like Suwon. Yeah. Yeah. She is um, a really powerful entity, you know? Um, I think it's oh it's so tough we mentioned yes i would have loved to have spent more time with her i think it would have been so great to just even to see orin get to have more time with her and they talk a lot about that like you know there are these lines i wish we had more time i wish um and i think orin in particular feels it and in many ways i i love and hate it because i mean orin already lost a mother before she ever even knew her with glint and even at the start of this expansion, when you see her laying down after her power has been siphoned off, mm-hmm. her pose is so strikingly like Glint's body when she's like huddled next to it. Um, and to then find another figure that in some way can be a guiding light to you and a relation to you that you then also lose. I think in many ways with Orene, her journey has been one of both accepting the help of others, but also finding her own inner strength. And I think that's maybe why I resonate with her character a lot, that like even in the face of feeling unprepared, overwhelmed, you have this great burden on your shoulders. Um, How do you stay true to yourself and find your own resolve um, bolstered by those around you to continue on? So in some ways it does feel appropriate that, you know, to the themes of her story she gets these beautiful fleeting moments with suan but that you know once again she has to find and carry herself and like um i i do appreciate that and i think she steps up so beautifully i'm so proud of her girl she's just majestic and she wonderful. really did that she really did it and she <laughs> had a lot of losses like you when you say about a story like she had lost from the beginning and that's all she kind of experiences i mean she gains 
a lot. But she does lose a lot. She loses her mum, she loses her grandma, you know, she, all of these things as she keeps going through. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, no, like, she's a pretty strong character. Like, and yeah, it's interesting how, I, and I guess, you know, the relationship that Suwon has with humans in a way is kind of mirrored with how Orin's is as well, but in a very different way. Whereas, like, Orin's kind of the back of a lot of like, battles and strength for, like, you know, for the, but in a very different free way. <laughs> Whereas in Camper, kind of Suwon's in the factory. Um, and it's like yeah. off magic. But, like, you know, she's so it's different. She is, she is, but like she is crew, right? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Kind of does feel like that. But of her own will. But yeah, of her own absolutely. will. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is also this beautiful metaphor with Orin because I think we all, I mean, you might have a great relationship with your parents. You might have a great relationship with your whole family. You might have never known your family. You might have a different kind of family. You might mm. have, you know, whatever it is, right? But we all deal with the legacy of the world before us or the people who came before us. And in many ways, I think Orin is a beautiful metaphor as well for, you know, how do you take even um, the the worst parts of things that you're connected to and, and yeah, in a sense, purify them in yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how do you grow from that and change from that and turn what would be corrupted, you know, this corruption, these these bad memories, these dark thoughts, these dark moments, you know, these maybe troubled relationships or maybe relationships that weren't troubled, but you lost too soon or grief or whatever it is, right? And then how do you turn it into your own light? I, I think that's a beautiful metaphor. And I think a lot of her conversations with Suwon, for all that they are brief and in these moments too, oh my gosh, I was so scared Suwon was just going to die then and there. I was, yeah. like, I was just yelling. <laughs> Anka shows up and she started blasting. I know, but it's like, it's, there's so much in this one instance. It's so good. The dramatic beats, the storytelling, the action, it all comes together so well and it leaves a huge impression. Absolutely. Well, there's this, there's this part now where, and that's very, really, really important part, relationships. This end of dragon is, is like all about relationships all over the place everywhere like my trend like why they are the way they are relationships a mother figure you know scarlet everyone else you know suwon you're talking about orin you're talking about how we you're talking about something which is a very cyclical thing um very cyclical it's more like you know these just paths that people go down where they have a parent that is a bad influence on them and they repeat the cycle all the way down their family line and it takes a great tremendous amount of strength and self and looking at yourself as a person to get out of that and to become and to form a new line that for you for your family for your relationships as you move forward it's a huge thing in mental health which is which is part of which is a big part of the work that i do with clients you know looking at those past relationships and seeing you know when you become aware and insightful of that if you're then you can instigate change and movement towards another place, a place of, you know, just being able to do better in the world as a person, uh, in your relationships and treat people differently and better. I've gone through that, that myself. I'm sure we all have in very different ways, but like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Solid. That was, yeah, really important. I forgot about that. Good. Really, really good pick. I love I fucking love you guys. You're so good at this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really, like, where I did that it. come from? I, no, no, sorry. I just got doing? randomly like, I was just, I'm so fucking glad. I, like, the last couple of weeks has just been weird. Again, a weird, teary feeling in my, but it's a happy, good feeling. It's like a doubt. I love that you all think about this kind of stuff. 
he really does give me a lot of energy, especially with my work. One of us has to cry each podcast. No, no, no. I, not no. <laughs> God damn, it's been really... Like, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? But, like, it's just... I, it, I love it. It's so good. It gives me so much energy, and I think you can hear that sometimes in my voice, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, no, I love it when we connect. Because you can connect, if you can connect to stories in this way, it makes you more powerful. It makes you, it makes you stick to you more. It makes you want to be involved Story in analysis. it more. analysis. It's important. Yeah. It really is. And I wish I'd done this more in the game earlier on than just play PvP and got salty. Um, but, <laughs> but hey, yeah, we're here now. Uh, Anchor in the lab. Um, yes, blasts. Poor flipping Suwon. She's sitting there. She can't do anything. And like, then there's Anchor, but there's, there's, a, there's something that Suwon says. I wanted to pick out these quotes at time to time. And she says, um, when the time comes, the cycle must end. And that's and you're like, damn, we you know we're being constantly reminded that this whole thing is going to an end. <laughs> and they're literally telling us. Um and then you escape you're, you're trying to escape the lab. And and that's it. Like that's a wild ride in itself. And then you've got Matron who kind of sacrifices himself so you can escape and you can be safe, you know? It's I was sad. I felt that I was like I wonder Boots, were you sad? When my children, like, kind of sacrificed themselves? Yeah, I was sad. It was a very... <laughs> the most poignant... Uh, point. I don't know if poignant is the right word. It was the most... It was the coolest uh, clip, I think, in the game, right? It was like... I don't think I've Cut seen scene? a character... Cutscene, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen a character be that cold in the game before. Be that, you know... What do you mean, cold? Sorry, I'm. I'm talking about talking about something oh, right. Sorry, I was like, I was like, Matron. <laughs> Matron yeah, was like, yeah, you're so, so yeah. right. Wow. Absolutely. Continue. Say more. Say more. I don't know. I just found it very cool when it happened because I was like, okay. wow, this this is a step up from anything I've seen before in the game. And I. Uh, what was the coldness yeah. you were talking about? Don't read more well, about that. Uh, can you fast forward to it, maybe? Yes. That will help, actually, because you're right. <laughs> I was watching this last night, actually, and I completely, I think we all do, like, completely agree. It was dark. Like, this was so dark. In comparison to it, it's coming up quite soon. You're absolutely right, because they, they get separated by this force field. And do you know what I thought originally, and I think I wrote in the notes, I'm not sure, I fought Star Trek, Spock, and flipping Captain Kirk when they're separated by the door. And, like, you know, Spock's got to, like, you know, sacrifice himself and get all this radiation and this poison, like, into his body. And basically, these two best friends kind of die. And they're not best friends, but, like, Marjorie and Trun start to get a little bit closer. And we do. Co-workers. And I was like, well, you co-workers. Uh, but I was like, I got like heavy Star Trek vibes, like back, back in the day. And I was like, damn, this is cool. And I was wondering, I wonder if they thought about that too. If they'd been sitting next to the force field, then, then sure. Then it would have been a thing. Um, <laughs> triangle says Kodak is shooting Demi is the only thing that compares. And yeah, I guess very similar, similar things oh. happening for sure. But I feel like that was less impactful, even though yeah, they I were think different. This is... The Demi one like felt more a, emotional. Yeah, he's it a felt like megalomaniac -y, Yeah. Even though it's his daughter, <laughs> which is wild. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, I don't remember it, that as much as, like, I know it's a long I time like ago. I feel like the Demi one, it was more of that, like, extreme power difference, where, like, Demi was, like, the daughter always trying to catch up, and so it was very soft and tender when she died. But with this, yeah. it was, like, 
kind of two equal forces. Anka was maybe pulling ahead, but just like also the execution and the lighting and the whole. This was the point. This was the point of the story where I said, oh, this is dark. Yeah, you did. They they mean what they are trying to do, and they're not pulling punches. This is when I really clicked into the story. Yeah, and like, so the the shoot-off happens. Uh, Mitrin doesn't hit. Anka does. Falls down a little bit. And then... Just Ego, you're going to see it now if you want to go yeah, for okay. it. It's, it's, here. it's here. You can explain it as it's happening. Cause it's, it's just taking a second. I just, oh, I guess my aim was off a bit. And then... Yeah. I was, uh, oh, sight's still off. God. I also Ooh. just love that, like, my Trin, what she learned and what she studied and what she put effort into, right, makes it so that in this moment she could even possibly feasibly understand how to shut this facility down. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in many ways, while her heroic moment seems as though it is just this one choice to sacrifice herself, it's actually a culmination of her own work and growth. And, like, mm-hmm. her doing this and facing something that she once thought was, like, a family unit that matter to her more than anything but realizing that there's a greater good i think it's such a huge moment yeah and and i think also the reason why i said it was cold is because yes that line is cold yes she does this in a calculating executory manner but more importantly they have a lot of shared history together anka and Maitrin, a lot and she just doesn't mention any of that at the death of this person who was her friend for so long We've said this stream is this, it's in the title as well. Spoilers. That if, if you're here now and you don't engage that we're talking about story, this is this is not on my fault. <laughs> this is not on my fault. You clicked. Hey, you clicked. Yeah, Put spoilers yeah. further further up. There, if you, if you are listening or watching now live, especially, do not watch anymore because like we we're, we're giving you all the things. Um, yes, absolutely. That is literally the darkest. I feel like we gone with, but you know what? I was like for Anka as well. They didn't even look away or anything. They just looked at him and were just like, there was no emotion. There was nothing. And if like you think like how much there must have been for in the mists, like and killing people themselves, or whatever. How many times they did that? Where they got to this point where this means literally nothing to them, um, because this is a finality. This is an end. This is like they are dead. <laughs> they are gone to the mist or wherever maybe. But like they're still dead here, like that. Mm. They're not getting up, and then like that differential. And I feel there was a feeling here where I was like, I wonder if Uncle even feels like there's a difference between the real world and the yeah, mist at this point. It's you know? probably part of it. Is just she can't. Well, she can differentiate, I guess, but she just doesn't think of doesn't Tyria care. as, yeah. as a real she's place. been desensitized to it. Probably. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah. this is. Technically, if they play the fractals in the same manner, um, mm-hmm. this is the first time she actually gets to kill Maitrin. Because she's probably killed herself so many times and has seen sure. Maitrin escape mm-hmm. and then, like, reform up. This would be the first time she, <laughs> like, does it. It's so dark. It is dark. It's cool, though. At the same time, cause you love those those darker kind of storylines. Because if you need it, you need the light and the dark to go together. Because otherwise you can't, you can't have the light without the darkness, as we all know. But like yeah. you know, it's very like, oh, good. Is Anka like Gore the God Killer? Um, in, in what sense? Just like, uh, life ruined by ridiculously powerful forces beyond her control, and then finally says no more gods. Ooh, I, that's, that's actually really interesting. 
I kind of, I like to view Anka as almost the voice of the void, where, like, she is the objective uh, consequence that the commander and everyone should be facing. Mm. Uh, so I, I like to... I like to view the Void and Anka as kind of a similar entity, especially like when we start to fight Anka. Yeah, I mean, the Void is, I think it's always interesting because when you view something like the Void, and you're just like, oh, so like dark, evil, chaos, energy, antithesis to life kind of thing. I think that's can be difficult to put into a more personal way as opposed to just an abstraction. I think maybe the difference in this would be that what I get from Anka is less like I was put at the mercy of forces beyond my control and now I refuse to acknowledge like those forces, right? Like the idea of yeah. like great powerful gods, you know, did this to me so now I refuse to honor the gods. It almost feels like to me with Anka that there was this sense of I did take my own future into my own hands and I did these things and I chose to do this. And the more and more and more that I did it, the more I desensitized myself mm. to it. The more I realized that doesn't even matter. Nothing matters. Nothing mm. at all world matters we will all die what are we brief little flames great then we'll be gone like so if nothing matters then why do we pretend like it does and i think that's the big crux of what these two things represent right the idea of um obi in the chat used the word apathy which i actually really love this idea of cold apathy Mm. as a to the warmth and light of empathy or sympathy or compassion mm-hmm. like do things really matter ultimately does it matter if i sat and played a video game all day in the grand scheme of the entire scope of the cosmic universe <laughs> no depends which game Fortnite for sure definitely matters oh, yeah. but uh, but the thing is is that our life has meaning in that it is meaningful to us and Mm. that the lives of others if we give them meaning um can also enhance the meaning that we feel in a moment in a time um that caring and engaging with the world i think will always give you something back whereas if you embrace this kind of mindset you expect nothing and you get nothing and like do things matter in the end Probably not in the sense that, like, there's not going to be anybody writing down. And on, you know, the 2nd of September, all of the Lightbringers played Fortnite into the the universe. Like, no. But the thing is, is that it doesn't invalidate the fact that we were here Mm. and that in this moment that we cared. And I, I think in this scene in particular between Anka in my train, you see this decision, right? My train decides to care. And because of that, her sacrifice has resonance and meaning in many different ways to the people of Cantha. Some still hate her. Some consider her to have been a hero in this moment. Mm-hmm. But the ripples she left in a regard are powerful. And others continued on to then do great things because of her. Whereas Anka feels nothing and doesn't care and loses something, but doesn't even realize it, you know, Mm. Um, doesn't even have that connection anymore. Do you think that part of the reason why she is nihilistic like that is because she subscribes to the uh, very popular theory that Tyria itself is like a fractal in that it repeats every two hours and uh, nothing really matters? (laughs) You know what, Boots? I think you could have been a great champion of the void. That, that would be like that'd be like the most because you're just like there's nothing. It's yeah, like nothing matters because the void. Technically, the void was here first, so the yes. void 
it got got a little shafted by Suwon. In the, in the next expansion, um, the waters start to boil, and out from the sea comes old fisherman boots, just <laughs> dripping yeah. white energy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, that could be a thing. I'm gonna roll this on. I'm this gonna is roll a great this on. Alright, bye. Great, very great moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think the next moment as well is very important when you end up having kind of a meal with Detective Rummer and uh, Nirvana as well. Like, and that was fluff. Proof, you, you made a bad decision here. I'm just gonna tell you. You missed you a lot special? of story. You like, you picked, you didn't pick the chef special. Uh, you no, didn't... I picked takoyaki. I yeah, think. Because yeah, because have you not? Have you gone takoyaki. past and played this by picking the chef special? I did not want to get. You like, need to go and an play upset it. stomach. I just wanted to, you know, the chef eat special some delicious takoyaki, the, which is an amazing. answer on the quiz from Alicia the Feast that I got I know. wrong. Which and because it's which guess I which should one, have gotten right. It was chef special. But the reason why you <sighs> didn't remember chef special is because you didn't have the chef special. Because the chef special opens up a whole different ball game in this instance. You really need to go back and play it Does because it? it is very fun. Oh yes, I don't know if anyone what else has done chef it. Special change. I mean. Just Make you go a little no 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 don't tell them yeah it, it makes everything go completely oh, wait, is it wild. bobblehead a little bit yeah. oh oh is it like when you're in that question mark question mark question mark map and everyone's like kind of like a little, a little, bit, little tiny quite, bit yeah. but it's fun it's fun yeah it's fun you need to play it you should okay. go back and play that instance and just we'll drop the acid it. in the soup pretty much and then, and then you choose <laughs> to either beat up this police officer or security officer. Which I did or, correctly. Or I reason just, with them. I beat them up. I negotiated. <laughs> I did and not. See, I don't like conflict. I don't like conflict. The issue is there's you no don't. real... Con- there's Proof. no... I mean, there's some wow. dialogue differences after you've either beaten up a security officer or or negotiated with them. Uh, but there's not that much of a difference in the storyline besides, like, that one or two not. dialogue lines. He pops up in Dragon's End. Oh, he's yeah, one of the lame yeah, yeah. Um, guys. The one of the yeah, it's very strange. East or West? I can't remember which one. I tried to be diplomatic with him. I can't remember if I still ended up having to fight him. A I fought him. I fought him straight off. I, I was just not screwed. I tried to. Yeah. I didn't try. I'm just like, I'm gonna fight this guy. I don't like him. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was high on chef special and just went for it. <laughs> okay, that explains I, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an option. I'm gonna give you an Ooh. option here, okay? Because I realize we are at 3 p.m. Pacific. I remember I realized that that is 3 p.m. 6 p.m. Eastern, um, yeah. and I know that probably Boots will have to go soon and have some dinner. And we are only we are almost bang on halfway. We are not getting through the rest of this in an hour. <laughs> like this, no. Like, I mean, we could if we just do like the major point. We yeah, could, but just, that's you want to just like that's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not. We could have a part two and just do it next week as well. I'm okay with that too. That's good with me. Because otherwise, because I wouldn't do this just. We're coming back, Crew. I promise. I next be, week, I might be busy next no, week. No, Friday. I know. I know. No, I know. Crew. But <laughs> you can continue because I've already. You can use my gameplay. I'll be here in spirit. You can get Crichton Harold. Like, Crichton yeah. Harold knows a lot of. Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah that's more. true. But like, I also want you here as well. Um, you want to know my reaction? Go watch my playthrough. Well, how how <laughs> how long? Okay, so let me let me just look at how much I've got written. And there is a lot, man. There's so much more. I okay. think you just wrote a lot. What you, I maybe okay. did, but we have been going through. I needed to know for my own. This, these are just my own notes. We don't have to go through everything, but we're going to hark on that all of it anyway. How much time has everyone got left? 
I hope several decades. <laughs> Existential. Damn. Existential. That's not what I mean, but. Damn. That's not what I mean. I, I hope you do as well. I, I do have to exercise a bit more. Maybe eat it a little healthier, but. <laughs> I'm. I've got up to like an hour. Yeah. For I me. Could do like an hour. You've got an hour. You've got an hour, boost. Have you got an hour? No, I don't have an hour. <laughs> you don't have an hour? How long have you got? That's, no, you have several I have, decades. I have max half an hour. Half an hour. Okay, that's not going to happen. Maybe we can do Arborstone. Maybe we can do the next act or next we can, bit. How about we just talk about Arborstone and yeah. Anka? Because okay. a lot of that, okay. honestly, Equival in between is just a lot of like, like map stuff. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Because okay, <laughs> then that will lead you all that. into like at Dragon's End, and that's like uh, that's just like the final map. Yeah. True. Okay. Oh, but Minister Lee stuff. So Minister Lee. So so, yeah. so everything I wrote down in my playthrough in in the doc, in the document, we're just going to talk about basically. <laughs> that's um, okay. Excuse true. me. Kasu in the chat. Rook's going to need an hour for the finale anyway. Excuse true. Me. That's okay. You are I don't not mind wrong. But. <laughs> So wait, how why are you, you saying excuse me then? <laughs> we, how dare you talk about it publicly in chat? You're how not dare wrong. You call me out with this accurate accusation. <laughs> <laughs> An accu- yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So we go from Nika's mm-hmm. Blade at the sushi shop, and then we transition pretty quickly into Arborstone, yeah. where we have some pretty big revelations about the Void and also Navon. And my girlfriend yes. is a dragon. <laughs> what type of anime are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> the best kind. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, yeah. So they get they get to Arborstone. You see these cast scenes, beautiful, legendary. Talk about the Kurzix, all this kind of stuff, very briefly um, as well. Uh, that's where Rama comes in, talks about history a little bit. Lovely background, love it, beautiful. They walk in and they're like, "Damn, there's like no one here, but there is people here." The Voider here, the Voider here, as well as one of the Salisbury dragons who has been, who is now Void. They are the void. They are one with the void. They're dead. This instance is uh, really nice. I don't think it has a lot of like, groundbreaking lore implications, but yeah. it is. It's pretty good for Navan because Navan uh, has left people there uh, as like a sanctuary, and then. Well, I don't actually, know. Is it good for Navan? Uh, mate, Sean's dead. Well, in terms of Navan's, <laughs> in terms of Navan's character development and like that revelation. Oh right, you know. that, okay. I one of my best but, mates is dead. It's all. It's all good. Here, we actually get introduced to the properties of the Void for the yes. very first time. Yeah. Which, like, the people who've been kind of manipulated and, like, malnourished and, like, they the blood is all gone from their body. All these very creepy elements mm. of the Void. So we get Things to see the very first yeah. impacts of it. Yes. And we also get some of the setup, like you were talking about with Kunavang, um, where the plight of the salt spray dragons is like really nicely set up and her own losses in that regard, which I hope will bring her closer maybe to Orin in the future long term, Mm -hmm. because they both have kind of dealt with those sorts of things. And it has this great little setup to the collection that you get post uh, Dragon's End meta with the other salt spray dragon that uh, she tells you about following this and following the reveal. Oh, sorry. Boots' dog has made an appearance and is beautiful and lovely. Flailing. Um, but also, Jebra, why in the world in this document did you spell Kunavang's name K-O-O-N-A-V-A-N? It was 3 a.m. There are different spellings throughout the entire document. And I just wrote, was just writing fast. 
I don't know. I time it in the chat because it looks so absurd. I know. Yeah. Thank you for my my learning disabilities, oh but it's okay. You said, I'm not going to spell check this. No, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. You said I'm not going to spell check this. We're going to go based off of uh, phonetical spelling. I know. I didn't mean to. Make you feel no, bad. I don't want. No, I don't want to feel bad. I'm sorry. You were almost there. Thank you. It just looks I so funny. I can't write good. I'm sorry. By the way, can't write good. Look at the you screen right to. now. I try so hard. I, I really liked the um, uh, the 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 effect that they have while the void is still there in Arborstone, like the, yeah. the rising little globs. That's really cool. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I did have like I had post processing off on this, so it's actually not like. The most accurate representation, but they did really cool lighting stuff um, mm. in Arborstone. Yes, I, I turned the post processing <laughs> off though. As the most um, spelling mistakes I've made in the document, then I will be winning. That's, <laughs> That's very okay. true. <laughs> matter as long as we know what you're saying i, just, I, I, got a, I got a giggle out of that one. i just really liked it absolutely <laughs> like it's it's i go off sounds that's all i'm doing um no, that's all fair, i'm doing i'm trying the i think the atmosphere yeah. of arborstone is really well built up also mm. can we just take a second arborstone it is ridiculous like it is so gorgeous it is so beautiful as you even What's just so gorgeous up- about it rick that that you really like specifically no the fact that i have to- <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter at all <laughs> no i just mean the scale the scope the lighting even when they have these void elements like just there in the shot we saw the twisting columns that lead up to the corrupted salt spray dragon i mean even in this instance it's gorgeous but the actual just building itself as you approach it and you see the light cast across it and this huge thing rising up um i i was excited about arborstone but i kind of figured that like oh because I didn't play Guild Wars 1 as intensely as many people did, and I came yeah. to it much later. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if Arborstone would have as much of an like emotional impact on me as it did with many other Guild Wars 1 players. But from the moment I came in here, I was just awestruck by it. Beautiful work from the team. I mean, the upgrades as well just reveal more and, you know, add more detail and all kinds of beautiful little charming things to it. But I, I really ended up loving this hub. I think it's my favorite hub in the entire game. I really love it. It is good. It's wonderful. Um, we kill a Sean. <laughs> so sad. That is yeah. a bit sad. And sure. then we have the revelation that has struck Boots by complete surprise to turn his life into an anime. My girlfriend's a dragon? Girlfriend's oh, yeah, Nivan, sorry. Um, I was reborn in another world and my girlfriend is a dragon? Literally, anime titles. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole title. I love anime titles so much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> They're just yeah. sentences. <laughs> Yeah, so we find out. Oh, yeah. It's still mm-hmm. cool, though. I mean, I feel like that's a revelation I could live with. Um, it's going to be a little... Like, because she could turn back and forth, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, like, if you want to go on a, on a dinner date to, like, Olive Garden or, like, Nika's Blade. Yeah, she, I, I could ride her to the Olive, Olive Garden, Garden or Nika's Blade. <laughs> Olive Garden. You know, it's like... Come on. Oh, we're going to be late. There's traffic. And Navon's like, no worries, babe. You want to take a <laughs> salt spray dragon to flipping Olive Garden? At least take it to McDonald's. <laughs> okay. Wow, Jabro. 
Is yeah, Olive Garden Olive or nothing? God is. nothing? Actually, it's not Olive Garden or nothing. It's actually Nerf or nothing, but... I mean, you all know me, and you know that in the moment that they were like, dragons can have a human form, that this was the greatest thing Guild Wars 2 has ever done for me personally. <laughs> this was, um, I, I actually, I recorded, I don't know how long. Maybe 30 minutes of me just looking at Kunafang's Amazing. Form. And then I had to turn off my recording because I was still going. And then I took like 50 screenshots. And yeah. there's still I still have all of them. Um, this was so a you're... great personal gift. So you know, <laughs> basically you spent so long think, uh, looking at Kunavang that probably you know Kunavang best out of all of us. Well, so look at would this... you say that Kunavang is more of a... Um, Olive Garden dragon or like a Cheesecake Factory dragon? Oh, definitely <gasps> Cheesecake Olive Factory. Oh. What do you mean? Are we saying that Olive Garden is fancy? <laughs> it is not. Olive Garden is like a chain restaurant. Like, what the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> Take a date. And I, oh my good bad. lord. But you have no class. Mom, I went to Cheesecake Factory recently. It was so good. It, it was, was so good. Like, Olive Garden is just rude. <laughs> endless breadsticks for my dragon girlfriend. But endless bread at Cheesecake Factory. Just, just the bread. But they don't have that delicious butter with the like garlic salt on it. So the garden doesn't have like, a, a wide cornucopia of cheesecakes to choose exactly. from. Exactly. What is wrong with you? Need is cheesecake. Whoa. To bring an elder dragon either Cheesecake Factory or uh, Garden because you have endless anything and as a, a as we all know elder fire. dragons tend to consume a lot so it'd be pretty bad to she's not an elder dragon though she's just like a normal okay, dragon right. she's right. fine okay. yeah she's fine <laughs> like, like she won't she won't run them out of business or anything okay, okay. I'm still shocked at what Rook just said what that you don't say? need cheesecake is that my favorite thing I'm sorry, oh. cheesecake's not my favorite thing. It's fine. Are you it's today? Fine. I'm so sorry. Dark revelations. That was about... like one of the clauses in your contract, which you signed. Was it? I missed that. Then. Yes. Well, <laughs> you should um, definitely look like a back. And that happens with Kunavang. Yeah. I would kiss. Yes. Kiss Kunavang on the mouth. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. Oh. Wait, in what? either form. <laughs> uh, oh, this was <laughs> totally unprompted. That's no, not I mean, that's not a fetish that I know of. Yeah. But like, you Is know, I don't kink shame, I kink welcome. Nazan <laughs> reveals herself to be Kunuvang, and then we go on a lengthy quest line in Echovald Forest. Echovald Wilds, I should say, job, it's Forest. Mm -hmm. and, we're uh, done, no, that's it, Kruf. We're done. That's oh. the end of the podcast, because we have to end on Rook's, you know, startling discovery. Our, our startling discovery. <gasps> what happens next on the Lightbringers podcast, episode 23? Rogue finds out that, I don't know, <laughs> something else, maybe. That kissing dragons is awesome, and I was right all along. Yes. No, um, I just think it's <laughs> gorgeous. I want, on a more serious note, because, you know, clearly what? I have to leave it ambiguous whether Wait. or not it's a joke that I would kiss a dragon, but we all know the truth. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, Even the I actually. Who wouldn't? I mean, come on, right? Yeah. Like, come on, right? Yeah. Um, Fire. I think the dragons, like the dragon models for both Suwon and Kunavang are so impeccable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, again, the details, the animation, everything, the colors. Mm. I just, 
my gosh, so gorgeous. And then if you pull up Kunafang's like Guild Wars 1 picture, <laughs> do you compare? It's oh, so good. So... She's like a funny little, I don't know. You can know. see the polygons on Kunafang. She looks like, like the pet. Sharp edges. She looks like the pet you get for free when you authenticate your account on Guild Wars. Yes. <laughs> She's not even that good. And look, they did the best they could. Things were still yeah, beautiful on Guild Wars oh, yeah, yeah. 1. But I I just thought this was such a gorgeous story beat. And oh, yeah, this is really memorable. And she's gorgeous. There is uh, a why are you still giggling? There is oh, a poll no. in chat. If, like, if you would like to uh, to engage in the poll. Thank you, Rita. Uh, would you kiss a dragon? Yes, no, or depends on which one. <laughs> because Zaitan might not be might not be. Ooh, although Zaitan mm. No, wow. <laughs> you got a lot of action with Zaitan. Well you'd be able to become dead, then alive again. <laughs> like but undead. And That's a lot of mouths to kiss. You got a lot of mouths to kiss in that regard. Don't know if Zaitan would be my first choice personally, or any choice that I'd make. Oh, but only a mother would love. Suwon, uh, you have some ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are some people out there, and we all know this, that are very into what Zaitan has to offer. True. Oh, Am yeah. I that? Maybe not, but that's why there's a dragon for everyone. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the wonderful thing about our world. Uh, swiftly moving on. The wonderful thing about our world is that there's a dragon for everyone. No, that we have a choice. So we do some stuff in Echabod Forest. Let's go on my Twitter profile. I'm deleting everything. We go back. Don't we? No, no, no. No, no, no. First, we do. I've got it. There's a document, man. We do. So, okay. Actually, we did miss a character. We did miss a character. We get introduced to Ayumi, the leader yes. of the Kestrels, who oh, is uh, fairly important in the meta. I feel like Yao and Ayumi kind of function similarly, where like you want more story from them in like, hopefully mm. season six, but you get more story uh, from them by doing the meta events. So with Echovod Wild, you get more uh, info about Ayumi and the Kestrels by doing the actual meta. Uh, so we go yes. and do a bunch of stuff in Echovod Wilds, and through doing that, we actually learn more about Anka and we get to access her personal diaries and see that she's practicing mm. harbinger magic and tends to actually just focus on Zaitan magic, which mm. gives a lot of backstory and reference to, like, when you fight her, why she's always doing Zaitan stuff. Um, and, you know, by doing more Zaitan, I think she begins to kind of, you know, dwindle even more and fall I deeper into void. Influence. Yeah, probably not a great dragon to focus which on. Which was death and doom for everyone, basically. Yeah. I mean, which is what Zaitan wanted at the end of the day. Just wanted everything to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. And, uh, and then we, um, we gather the Kestrels uh, with the help of Ayumi, and we go and mm -hmm. face off against Anka. We uh, we do. We do. To but, hopefully get the extractor. Yeah, they're trying to, for, well, they're trying to find, um, they try to lure in Anka as yes. well specifically but they but so before they do that they've got to find you know they've got to do some research they've got to find you know find a way to do that so they do that by getting a airship which is owned and used by Kanak and uh who's who's the other person I've written Zaf it down uh, not Zafira Saida 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 and they have turned it into a you are looking this is a direct quote you are looking at the world's largest VIP social club and restaurant. <laughs> and I just, I lost it. 
I was just, I was just, I think, did anyone else just completely shit themselves in laughter? I was just like, this, was this is amazing. To me. What? What is the matter honestly, with you? Honestly, I didn't really need it. You're fired just, as well. Like, yeah. Honestly. First rook in the cheesecake, you? and I'm like, uh. Kanak is amazing. I felt like the story would have been fine if we didn't have Kanak and Saida here. This wasn't sure. necessary. I, I did, I, I did like the humor addition, though. I liked the whole thing. It, it was, was a was funny. weird time for humor, though. It was, like, right before we went and killed Anka. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Sometimes it's nice to have that balance, you know? I mean, like, sometimes... <laughs> I mean, maybe. It was... It was. I like... I don't know why I liked it so much. I just did. I thought he was funny. I thought the, the, what they were talking about was funny. I thought it was a bit like, you know... It's kind of random how they had it. It would have been nice to find out a little bit more about that, maybe, to understand why randomly connects here. <laughs> I think we do later. But, like, you know, um, it was just kind of funny, like, how he's cause just completely gone into this place. But I think what he was saying was funny. Um, that Yeah, but, like, basically, that's general gist. They, they lure out Anka to... Because they want this airship. And, and so you end up fighting Anka and the Aether Blades, but then... Anka goes big. That's what. Well. No, <laughs> I don't know this. Has, this is a bit where I'm fight, a bit confused. The actual fight mechanics, I think, are, are really interesting and kind of form up her character even more, and why I kind of associate her as the voice of the void, because I believe that Anka is the only other living entity to have kind of harnessed void to not be totally just die, because everyone in Arborstone that touched the void just died. Um, but she is still conscious and utilizes it very well. The only other character I think would be Sue Wan, who was able to kind of, you know, waver back and forth between, you know, Sue Wan and, and Void. So, and it could have mm. just been for gameplay, but in terms of lore, it kind of isn't consistent with how the Void works. But for the character of Anka, I think it really just emphasizes her, like, sense of apathy where she almost kind of shares the value of the void where it's like nothingness absolutely like they've just become we were talking about that before like she's you said i think i can't remember which word you used but desensitized very much so like you kind of be lost in this void of nothingness where nothing can really affect you so because you've just witnessed it so many so many so many times and that you just become like the abuser or the evil person or the bad person or whatever and you're just doing this thing and you have no feeling at all associated with it. Your empathy is gone. You just want doom, death, destruction, and badness. And it's just like, she's still dark. She's still like, she's got, and then she's a harbinger as well. And you're just like, what else? Is there anything? I don't think there's anything else. There's nothing else you could add. Um, and even the arena begin. is dark. Like, even the arena yeah, you are. Yeah, the junk Ooh. pile. Like, that meaning what does that mean like junk you know rubbish like you know things you discard and throw away like the sin like just the idea of what that symbolizes as well so it's like all of the imagery and everything so good and then obviously this is a strike as well so that's yeah, really think, really cool do you think that she became nihilistic because she saw Kanak's outfit here or <laughs> what he looks great <laughs> I mean, I think it's hilarious, and I love this outfit. I agree in that them showing up didn't feel necessary. I did get a laugh out of it, and I thought it was kind of fun to see their characters come back, especially because we then end up getting Club Canock that's built and stuff. Um, so in that regard, I, I, you know, I was like, okay. I think, I think it was the... one of those situations where if they didn't show up at some point in the story, we'd be asking, hey, where's Canock this whole time? 
Yeah, they just pop in an arbor stone at the end and you do a quest line yeah, you open up that way too. You could have done that way too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I do think the Anka stuff is cool. Yes, it feels like because she has given herself to the void, she has become almost an extension of it. She is mm-hmm. furthering its goals in whatever way that it might have a desire to to consume how sentient the void is is like a big question does it actually have a will or is it just by nature all consuming and unraveling like they're mm. they're interesting thoughts with that are the manifestations of the what seems like the voice of the void just because of the you know almost the refuse the runoff that is a part of it um the other entities or creatures that mm-hmm. um have you know been affected by it or that it's it's touched or consumed we hear its voice know. once don't we? i might not be here next <laughs> week but i want to just this is to kind of just play off with what, oh my gosh because someone crashed into your home <laughs> Apparently, but to kind of play with what Rook is 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 mentioning, I think at this point in the story, this is when, looking back, it kind of starts to fumble the ball just a little bit because the void ends up actually having a voice that we hear through um, Suwon, but it's not Suwon's voice. It's like it's a different tonality. And I would have liked to have seen Anka actually survive all the way through to the end because I liked having Mm. Anka's voice actor be that like in-world character where it's not explicitly stated where it's like, oh, now the void is talking. It's more so just inferred that Anka is in effect speaking for the void and it's kind of that mirror. So personally, from a narrative perspective, I would have enjoyed if Anka didn't die at this point and they kind mm. of continued that through line with like the void kind of being this unspoken existence thing that was always there but it wasn't like this caricature of of just nothingness i don't mind the void yeah. being like uh I don't, i'm not sure i i think i like the way they did it because the void being what it's called you know like being nothingness being emptiness but would the void have a voice yeah, well, why do, not? Do I think, mean, it's just like this kind well, of it's a it's an it exists, right? So it's a consciousness that's kind of existed in it part of the world. Yeah, well, technically, I mean, it's alive, right? I guess. I mean, we hear what we hear. Sorry, go ahead, boots. I was just gonna say, also, Doom technically is also called the Voice in the Void. His is like underworld magic stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. interesting. I mean, but they could tie that in if they wanted to something, you know. I mean, it is tough here because I, mm. I don't know. I don't even know if we really know. We hear what we I don't assume know if to be This is why this is why I think it's started to kind of just kind of well, crack a little. This this, is isn't this cool? Like, like parts like this where you can just have that hypothesis, like you can have your theories, and it almost doesn't matter, or is there a missing well, link or something? It depends because this does set us up for a great concept of the void coming back in some way, shape, or form in the future, right? Mm. And even Orine says later that she doesn't know if she will actually never fall to the void, right? She doesn't yeah. know, and we don't know a lot about it. And when it comes to the voice of the void, we also don't know specifically if that is something specific within the void speaking or if that is the influence of the void on sentient creatures mm. who then warp and twist and express using their language, their thought, right? Like what that is. 
we don't really know. Um, and in many ways, I think the void is scarier if it is not just like some big bad evil thing hanging out in the shadows, doesn't like stuff, so wants all the stuff to go away. <laughs> you know, like that to me does lessen it in a bit, um, in a way. So I don't know if we know. And I agree with you, Kruf, in that um, dealing with Anka here did feel a bit abrupt to me. Mm -hmm. I think the fight is great. I think there are a lot of great moments leading up to it. I think as far as how they plotted out the story, it works just fine. Um, but one of the things that is kind of odd about Anka is that technically she serves a purpose. She freed Suwan. Suwan runs rampant. Her magic overflows. And, you know, then Suwan has to be killed. And it's this huge threat because she's being consumed by the void and the world is unraveling, right? So there is a reason for Anka to play a role in this story. But... Um, in many ways as well, it feels like, and I guess maybe Anka just fell to her own doctrine, right? It feels like what Anka did in the end doesn't really matter. Nothing matters that she did. While she did free Suwan, um, I mean, other than that, it's not like any of her plans came to true culmination. I, I mean, like, she herself did not really make the world succumb to this except in a kind of indirect way, I guess. Like, and it doesn't, we don't even know if she actually even meant to, like, totally free Suwon. It, you know, she wanted to siphon her power, but it feels like Suwon escaping was just kind of like, oh, the facility got destroyed and Suwon hadn't been killed, so she just got free. So in certain ways, I feel like there was a bit of an opportunity dropped with Anka. I would have liked to maybe have seen her lead to a culminating moment or, or affect something larger scale with her plans to really solidify her as a villain, especially coming off of that cutscene with the whole like, oh, the sights are still off and all the revelations that we get about her and the void and all these kinds of things. Um, I agree. I think it would have been really cool to see her continue as more of a figurehead for this antithesis in some way shape or form you know even if she became like a draconic minion like even if she became void suwan's yeah. champion in a sense or something i think that would have been interesting um but i love the story the way it pans out anyway uh it is just kind of interesting because we have these sort of drop-offs of other characters right like at the start you think oh my turn will be evil oh it turns out my trend wasn't the one perpetrating this anka's evil oh anka is dead my trend's dead now suwan is now it's minister lee <laughs> oh yeah minister lee. <laughs> it, and then it's it like goes oh, minister lee. i love that so much. I actually nothing about it i think they probably should have swapped the arcs of minister lee and Anka. And Anka? Possibly, yeah. Because then Minister you would have let... seems like a less important MS, uh, yeah. En yeah, enemy than Anka does. And yeah. killing Anka right before Dragon's End, going into that void, maybe that would have been a better through line for Anka rather than her dying, and then we have a full act of just going back Actually. to fight Minister Lee. Actually, <laughs> I think Minister Lee's fight or his revelation, anything about Minister Lee didn't have to happen in the End of Dragon story. It didn't that could have, have to. Ha <laughs> it could happen in uh, A Living World Season 1, for example, as a new storyline. Is it, though, isn't it, though, like... The, I think the problem here is is that if you if you do take out the Minister Lee stuff, then you avoid a lot of what Camphor is about and the cent the kind of underlining so. political yeah, kind of true. parts of what, yeah. we, what was introduced. I don't feel like this expansion was really about Kantha. It was just about the dragon cycle, which is why I hope season six is more I about guess Kantha. So. But like, uh, they had to, I feel like they had, I really, I don't know, I enjoyed the, the Minister Lee stuff where it was just because of like how, 
I don't know why. Like, I'm, I get what you're saying because it was very dramatic. It's another one of these moments. Like, this, there, there was this very dramatic thing that happened, and then all of a sudden, we're taken back to a city. But and then, but that's dramatic as well. Like, I feel like they need these. You need these lulls and kind of you need these moments of like world developing and maybe even story like elsewhere to be like you know. So why are we all coming together at Dragon's End? Like, what about those wings? What about those lanes? Like, what's how has that developed? Why is that important? The different ways that we've come together as a people through, you know, politics, through, um, you know, the fact that, you know, we've destroyed, that we've brought these other people who were bad before, but now are good because we all need to come together for this cause. Like, that's part... That feels important. It feels like part of it. Maybe not necessarily that you had to have this big fight, but I think they knew they had to have this strike in as well. So maybe that was part of it. But it does feel like that. I just don't think Lee's strike essence. really informs that arc, though. Because I agree that it, it should be mm -hmm. something where you are presented with a challenge, like mm -hmm. when you kill Anka, and then you have to be like, oh, the extractor is gone. We blew it up. Yeah. But the I think I, I watched a video on this as well, and I kind of agree that the Lee. I think it had just a bit of an awkward position in the okay. in serving the narrative. I like what we did with Lee oh, and right, the okay. fight. It's just its position within mm. the narrative. It didn't feel like it made the most sense. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, there's okay. some wonderful no, I, I actually agree with that. Sorry, I have another mm -hmm. siren going by. It's been a very siren-y day today. Um, but I do agree with that in that it almost feels like Minister Lee would have been... I actually do like the Minister Lee story beat, and I do think that coming off of things like um, the Ministry of Purity and the history and context of what that means in Kantha and its future with the rest of the world is really mm. important. Um but it does almost feel like it would have been, yes, maybe positioned a little bit differently. Even coming at the end of the Kainang section of the game, I feel like they were trying to draw it out more so that when he reveals himself as a traitor, you have, you know, like those sorts of moments. But it does feel like they could have tied something into like the breakdowns in the power plant, the issues and infrastructure problems overall with the different bureaus in the city, um, what the ministries represent, the history of those ministries. Um, and then like other stuff within that, that would then eventually, it would lead you to this Minister Lee fight. And then maybe the other stuff in Anka right before End of Dragons. I personally do think that actually that reorganization would have felt more natural to me. Um, as it is, I like all these pieces. <laughs> like, I do actually really enjoy it. I love that Minister Lee fight. I thought that was really cool and very exciting um, when I was first going through it. But um, I did feel like some of the Anka stuff right here felt a little bit abrupt. I was surprised that she was actually dead. Like, I went around True. and I was like, I was like, is her body actually here? And her I went, oh, there. okay, yeah. well, <laughs> and, um, you know, I still think there were some fantastic moments within that and within that story beat. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit tough when they're, I think, trying to plot out and plan even their map flow and the content and things yeah. like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, it, if one of the reasons why we didn't get enough in our opinions of Anka development or um, or Suwan's development for our liking is because, you know, there's a there's a production budget. You can't you can't put too much into something. You don't have enough time. Uh, then maybe Minister Lee's arc could have been moved to Living World uh, and then it could have been replaced with more more Suwan and Anka. Yeah, I mean, it's true. They could have re they could have reworked, I think, some of that and given us more time with those specific characters. Um, yeah. I mean, as it is, I do still think a lot of the stuff that happens in these moments, again, great. 
Like, I mean, yeah. I, I the dragons. What, what I think was? <laughs> like, what was there is fantastic. And I even love the mix. We talked a little bit about the fact that Anka has the Harbinger stuff and then the Void stuff and the mechanics and that fight around the junkyard. And um, all of that, the first time I went through it, I really did find I was like, oh, my gosh, wow, this is cool. And it's really fun to see them like we were talking about integrate in those elite specializations and those actual combat styles that we know exist in the world. Mm. <laughs> and to then see them iterated upon in different ways. Um, I really did enjoy that. So, I mean, she was also, I think, in concept, such a fantastic villain. Um, while she kind of harkens to certain aspects of other characters, like, I don't know, Scarlet's Wanton Destruction and other things like that, she does feel like a very distinctive villain in and of herself. And I think that um, well, yeah, I'd love to have seen a little bit more. Her doctrine and ideology is a very interesting kind of contrast to many other things that we've seen um, as far as villains bring to the table this in Guild Wars 2. This elevator ride was great. It was dramatic. It was dramatic. Yeah. Kruf, Kruf was at very, the time uh, was like, Marvel. I don't know if I like these people joining us on the yeah, left. They and like, I, was you... like, I was like, who are you? You were very Where sus. Where are you going? You were very um, sus the whole time. And then you were like... I'm going to walk in single yes, file as Captain well. America. This is funny. Very Winter Soldier, also very cinematic, going up and being able to see, you know, the city skyline yeah. go down as you go up. Very cool. Yeah, it was cool. And then you suddenly realize that, you know, Minister Lee is a bit of a dick. And, uh, like, you know, he's got his own reasons, I guess, um, which we kind of know-ish about, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, good fight. We find out, you know, and he's no longer in his position. Boom. Where are we yeah, at in terms of I your time, this... peeps? As well. I just want to respect We can probably that. wrap it up. All right. About 30 minutes. 3.30. We can talk for two hours probably about the last bit. Yes. Yes. That yeah. one's that whole map as well. The map story. Yeah. Actually, we should do Huge. that. That's what we, yeah. Next episode, we could talk about entirely in uh, Dragon's End. Dragon's oh, End. You, you want to do that, story and <laughs> yeah, the, the story. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Boots wants to do something other than fishing. <gasps> but to finally know, I think one reason why it could have been repositioned is because we don't actually kill Lee here. But we do kill Anka. Yes, yes. true. But just, those small details kind of just have influenced my my picturing of the structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. This fight is great. The Minister Lee fight, I actually, I really love this fight. Um, it feels really creative for our strike missions um even though i mean it's it, it's a fairly straightforward ad fight in structure in the sense that you know you go between these two platforms you fight him you go back you fight the ads you fight them in different combinations um even so it felt so cleanly done <laughs> like mm-hmm. i really liked the combination of those ads um again showcasing more of these elite specs which is also fantastic um and that back and forth between the platforms it was really smooth it felt like a really big dramatic high point the arena uh, the arena is really memorable like we were talking about um up above the city the top of the top both literally like within the governmental structure the um sense of supremacy lording over others the fact that mm. you know the nobility and the rich live in the higher tiers and this sort of ideology of the ministry of purity and um all these other things i i really thought all of that was so well done and this was a fantastic moment um the fight really good as well and it's been a fun one to run so mm. 
<laughs> I'm just banning it, Trevor. Um. <laughs> do, 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 do. I keep missing them before they get banned. I know. I, I want to see read. the clown fast. Sorry. I want to read what gets banned. But no, it's just. This is upset. He's sad because they've actually been here for quite a while, and that's weird that they said that. Um, <laughs> pronouns and talk about pronouns. Like pronouns are an important thing. That's one I want people to, uh, you know, say their pronouns the if they want it. That's, it's not that difficult. It's really not a difficult thing to, for me to. <laughs> why is that bad? Um, <laughs> there is no reason. Anyway. Uh, people can be dicks as well. There is that. There is that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to stop there with the Minister Lee stuff because we've we've done pretty well with this so far. We got through like four acts, acts, I think. We're up to Act Four now. We're Perfect. just before. We're just before. So would, it would be good to kind of talk. Maybe. I mean, I guess in in finishing that bit, we could say you know. There's another big relationship there between Lee, and I think someone mentioned it earlier. Like, what is the relationship between the people? Like, Lee is kind of oh yeah, I thought it was the a, father, like a figure. father and a son. Well, no, he <laughs> yeah, is the father right. figure for for Rama, though. That's something that is you okay. know hinted at because there is there is that there. Um, so I think you're you're very right, and you know, cool, okay, and he's arrested, and you know. They go back to Sage on Provost and... Season 6 content. Things happen. Yeah, definitely. Have we enjoyed ourselves today? We, I knew we wouldn't very get necessarily much. through oh, it all. Yes. I like talking about you guys. I haven't done like a Socratic seminar based off a novel or a book or a storyline in so long. So this brought me right back to college. I've never, I've not really done this before. So this is a new, this is this new soiree for me. I like talking about stories specifically because I tend to forget details so going through that actually helped me a lot um so good job on the videos proof and uh rook both have playthroughs please check them out um i do but it's a little bit more of me just taking screenshots all the time <laughs> and it's on twitch i'm not putting on youtube uh it's a bit messy and all over the place yeah. but mine was on twitch Oh, you I did do I downloaded the mind download. I, yeah, I just played through the first time. Okay. You should edit it. Put it on well, the boots. <gasps> edit it. Oh, I do. Edit it, boot. This is like, if I find time. Yeah, time, 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 time. The time. The time. <clears throat> so, oh, no, outro. it was very. I would say it was very cathartic to finally talk End of Dragon story. Nice. I've been bottling this up for months and waiting for this cast. So, it was very. every time we bring it up on the show, Jebro's like, hey, you should wait until we talk about a story podcast. We, we had to do Yeah, the because story like we, we just did it. Today right? And then season one releases. Season one ain't releasing. Steam release. <laughs> you got to stay on Always topic like... here. Yeah, we do. We don't play, you know. We didn't want to spoil it. People, you know, they enjoy it. We got a good uh, way through. Yeah. We, got a, we got a really good way through. Yeah. Hell yeah, Three we did. Quarters of the way through. Through uh, and now next week we are going to have to find someone else. We got some awesome I people know. who can come on as well, but uh, Kruf will miss the final one and That's was okay. the one battering us the most to do it. Um, Actually, <laughs> I'm, gonna lose that. I'm not going to take the blame for that. <laughs> and Rook's going to have the most fun at the final part because it's all dragon stuff. <laughs> I, will okay. I will title it. Rooks. Dragon stuff. Welcome to Dragon stuff. <laughs> it's like episode 22. It's 
somehow. Dragon Best stuff. expansion. Oh, Best dragon. expansion ever. It's all dragon stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Don't you go wow wow. Um Okay, yes. Awesome. Always watch. Fridays, 12 p.m. Pacific. I don't know, I'm going off of we're going for an outro now. <sighs> I've got to go and get my tattoo consultation. <laughs> I've got to go oh, yeah. as well. What are you going to get? I'm getting the uh, I'm getting a, a tarot card on my. Oh, which one? The fool. Wheel of Fortune. Oh, that's my life. Where path. on your foot? No, I've you should you know, do it on the bottom. I've, of I've got your this soul. here. I've got this here, and I'm going to have <laughs> that <laughs> there. Oh, all the right way. Down, all right down, down the middle of the body. People get people get hair tattooed on their heads all the time. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, this one is a little bit more, this is, it's not going to be this intricate, but like, this was nine hours. So I want this to be more like five. So like, it was a long time. So that, I'm going to get that console tonight. I'm excited, but there is the potential for some other stuff to happen tonight. I'm not sure I'm going to do that, but we'll see. Um, okay. Do it. Do it. Okay. Everyone, thank you so much for watching. We have had... Oh, wow, the stream actually stopped for a second because my other screen is, like, dying for some reason. I've got the chat, it's fine. <gasps> Outro time. Boots, tell us what you do, where you do it, how you... Hi, Boots. You can find me on World Avengers at YouTube. Also, sometimes Twitch uh, streaming at Boots underscore with two Ts, two Os. And on Twitter at World Avengers. And I do stuff. Nice. You do stuff. It's a no. Important. Cool. Good outro. Uh, Kroof. <laughs> Next. Same question. Hi. Hi. Uh-oh. I'm Kroof. Um, you can find me on YouTube making a bunch of Ghost videos. I'm currently doing a beginner's build video series just because I never finished that. Nice. Um, and I also stream here on Twitch every day of the week usually. Usually Ghost Two stuff. So come on by. Catch me there. It's 80 degrees and I need to go cool off. Um, I'm sorry, but before you do, uh, we gotta do. We do have to talk about your hot victory. Oh, I the, okay. We're gonna kitchen. talk about it again. We Proof. did do Unleash the Feast, mm-hmm. and I have been honored with the title of Feast Master, whatever title it is. Um, I'm so excited. I cannot believe that we were competing for ten thousand dollars. I'm super, super appreciative that I won that. Oh, did they not tell you? Uh, what? Did they not tell you? Is they that a real thing? I'll send you're you some. messing with me. No, no, I'll send you some. You're messing okay, with I'm me. Okay, I'm messing with you. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Like I was 100 oh percent convinced it was a bit. Oh my god! The second time when you said I'll send you some, and then I went, Oh my god! Could you imagine ten thousand dollars? Oh my god! No, but I was very, that very was happy. Such a it good so line, though. You were you really good at that. For like a, uh, uh, a championship all stars. Yeah, exactly. All the other they did wow. do one of those ones. If they get renewed for another season, I'm a winner. There you go. Come bring me back for All Stars. I'll make great reality TV. I'll come back for All Stars. That was <laughs> great. That was a, that was solid. I believed you. I was you sold me on that completely. Oh, if it was ten thousand dollars, wow. I would five course meal. <laughs> I'd, I'd Are you treat people. yourself to a five course meal for ten thousand dollars? Cool. Yes. Is that that's everything? Is it? <laughs> I hope you'd save some. Maybe, but buy yourself some stuff. Oh, definitely. Maybe some ham sandwiches. Thank you for having me on. It was fun talking about story.
No worries. <laughs> Thank you for your videos, which helped me to remember the story. Because <laughs> I just forget things. Um, okay. Last but not least, Rookery. Same question. Do the things. Tell us the stuff. Hey, mm. I'm Rookery. Um, also the, known as the filthy dragon lover here on the stream. <laughs> True. Uh, you can find me at over on Twitch at Rookery, R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me on YouTube at Rookery, and we will have at long last more portions of my actual End of Dragons playthrough uh, that will be going up here this week. Um, we've got a bunch of other content and stuff there as well, though, and a lot of other things planned. So uh, feel free, come by, say hey on Twitch or YouTube. And you can also find me on Twitter at Rookery underscore. Uh, and yeah, just it's been great. I'm so happy we finally got to talk about End of Dragons. Dragons, I have so many feelings about this expansion, and I would there's nobody else I would want to share them with other than all of you and our beautiful listeners in chat. So thanks for the good talk, fam. Hmm. Sweet ass. Last but not least, myself. There's two last but not least, apparently. I do Guild Wars 2. Uh, I am loads of stuff youtube my two minute tidbit videos i've got four videos up now they're mostly for new players uh honestly real basic stuff in guild wars 2 there's a little bit of effort that goes into those if you want to check those out cool otherwise the podcast is like the biggest probably spend a lot of time working on it honestly <laughs> and promoting it and doing the things so if you want to go and check it out check it out on anchor.fm slash unity check it out on um Spotify, all the things. Google as well, like you know, iTunes, all the stuff. People are coming through from the podcast most mostly and all the podcast episodes like for some reason. They're trending up, all I say. Well that's because the game is. Um specifically as well. So keep doing a good job and telling your friends about the podcast. Massively appreciate twitch.tv slash Jebra Unity, mostly on the weekends, especially after the 19th of September, because that's when I will be in my full-time position as a mental health counsellor, which is sick and awesome and exciting and scary, as well as all the things at the same time. And <laughs> also, please check out all my friends here as well. They are legends. Please go and check them out, support to them, sub them to them. If you've never subbed during September at all, it's September. Uh, even though Twitch kind of sucks sometimes with this month, <laughs> like that's kind of they kind of do again. But if you've never subbed to anyone before, uh, any of these people before, you get twenty percent off. And there's a rumor about even more so in the last couple of days of the month. So this. Uh, won't age well if it's past September, but you know there is that. Uh, there's always nothing next year, I guess. We'll see you later. Check out all the things in the description. Purchase the game if you want it through links, and we will see you next time on the Lightbringers podcast. I'm going to bring up Swarcry across some faces. No, I'm not. I'm hopefully not. Let's do this. Trickle patch hollow outro. Thanks so much for watching, everyone. You take care and have an amazing, wonderful evening, Saturday afternoon, and have a biscuit on me. See you soon.